going on, everybody? Welcome back to another jam-packed episode of the Vile Files Reality Recap Edition. I am your host, Nick, joined by the household. We got uh, sweet boy Justin, Allie, and uh, Leia with us. And returning to the show, special guest, always special guest, Sierra Robinson is with us. Hi. Give it up for Sierra. And... <laughs> Joining the show for the first time after some, some, you know, honestly, I've been trying to get her on for a while, but she was like afraid. No, I wasn't. <laughs> I'm here now. Let's focus on that. Uh, the one, the only dear friend and friend of show, uh, Genevieve Parisi. Did I say that right? Yes, you did. A it's a beautiful name, just Thank in you. general. Genevieve Parisi. Thank you. You go and you go by Jen. No, I either one. Well, actually, it's your second time on the show. You I, zoomed in. I did zoom in. Did you think I was mean to you? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't th wonder why I didn't want to yeah. come on for a bit, huh? <laughs> well, I just uh, you were in a you were in the feud with uh, what's her name? Shanae. Shanae. Yeah. Yeah. Forgot yeah there's her. so much to say about that. So well, I, Genevieve I uh, was on Clayton's season. <laughs> yeah. Of The Bachelor and B Bachelor in Paradise. Mm -hmm. Was that nicer to you on Paradise? I don't think I did an interview. Well, no, but just like when I talked about you, when I, we talked about you. Uh, I don't know. Okay. Maybe you didn't say much. <laughs> Maybe you just like <laughs> left it alone. Like, I'm just not going to say anything because I don't have anything nice well, you to were say. Mean. I just remember you were mean to Shanae at Women Tell All. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 No, and <laughs> totally. I said that was the diaper comment. And I, yeah, we talked about that. Apologize for it's it. It's okay. Yeah. So, no, totally we agree all, with we've that. We've all been there. Mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's nice to have you now Thanks. on the, uh, the safe side. Yes. Now we get to talk about other people. I know. I like yeah. that. I yeah. like that a lot better. It's, we're, we're, we're happy to have you, Genevieve. Thank I'm you really glad that you're here. We have so much to get into this uh, episode. We got traders. We have the one and only Peter Weber is joining us, former Bachelor himself, now referred to as the Bloodhound of Traders. Uh, we will have uh, the opportunity to talk with Peter uh, all about his experience on Traders, and uh, we have some questions for him. Kind of like, why are you being so, so fucking secretive with your uh, fellow faithfuls? Peter. Anyways, we'll talk with him. Then we have to get into some Bravo VPR housewives. And then it's the premiere. Love is Blind is finally back. I'm so excited about that. What I consider to be the best reality TV show on television currently. And then we'll wrap with uh, some Bachelor and uh, our boy Joey, who has profusely apologized for not knowing who Ruth Bader Ginsburg was. And he went to the White House over the weekend. Did he meet Joe? I think is he's this is he the second bachelor to meet Joe, the first being me. Yep. <laughs> I met uh well I, I drove Joe's there, uh right? <laughs> President Joe. Can I, is that is that disrespectful to call him Joe? Apparently you're on first name basis. Well I met him. Yeah, you know. So, so who are we? <laughs> yeah. And he uh low key headed my fiance, so Oh, oh. well, you should be used to that by now. I mean, look at her. Well, That's when you, I don't point. know if, if we told, did we tell the story? I don't give a shit now. Uh, no, meet, we purposely didn't tell this part of the story. We told <laughs> them, we talked about the rest of it. Uh, when you meet the president, so we drove his motorcade. Okay. Uh, lovely. This team was lovely. They're all reality TV fans. Stop it. Yeah, oh. There's his, uh, a lot of people who work in very high positions of power at the White House love reality TV. Uh, specifically the bachelor and then at the end we got to meet the president and when you meet the president it's like meeting a king so they line you up they have the flag you can't take your own picture they'll take a picture for you they'll send it and i will say for all the criticism that joe gets about his um mental awareness mm -hmm. um i was i was impressed by his awareness right when we met him and so you go in line and then they gave natalie and i the option to go as a couple or together we were like let's go separately we, we each wanted a moment and natalie went first and um they're like and they 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 present you they're like next in line is like <laughs> natalie 
joy, you know? Yeah. Um, and <laughs> Natalie walks up. Joe gives her a look up and down and goes, oh, Natalie. Uh, <gasps> oh, my <laughs> gosh. <no way. laughs> And she was like, hello, Mr. President. Um, <laughs> okay, and then Marilyn. he was like, I, you know, he, he was like, I have a granddaughter named Natalie and she's also beautiful or whatever. He was very respectful, but I was like, I think jo I think the president's hitting on my girlfriend at the <laughs> you time. You have some we, competition, we weren't, we weren't <laughs> Totally. We, were we engaged at the time? I don't know. I, I love that he kidding. like went for it and then was like, Oh, but my, I've got a granddaughter. And it's not, whoa, initial like, reaction. I'm, nice in line, I'm like bit. 15 feet away and I, I just see him go, oh, Natalie. <laughs> Wait, so what did, what did you say when you went up next? Well, then I went, I was in a nice suit and he was like, it was, it was Saturday morning because we drove to the motorcade two, day before, and he, two days before and he was like in this blue blazer. Like it was like for a president, it was like your jogger. Okay. You know, it was a very casual, no tie. You know, he was about to probably get on a plane to go to an event. And see, I was in like, in a nice suit, you know, it looked it looked fresh and in the nicest possible way. He's like, wow, you look really good. He also complimented me. So, okay. you know, and, and then that was him being the politician. He was again with everyone. He spent a few seconds like really trying to have a conversation and connecting with who person he was meeting. So like it was it was impressive that way. But he was like he wouldn't like shut up about how good he thought I looked in a, like in a complimentary way. Almost like almost like he was like, hey, I usually look better than this. <laughs> he Literally, he said that. No, he didn't. Yes. So some could say he was hitting on you as well. I, some I was going to say. say. Yes. There you go. Yes. But he didn't say, whoa, Nick. He didn't say, whoa, <laughs> Nick. Uh, he just tossed his eyes at Natalie like, it's not just you. Anyway, so Joey, but Joey got to go to the White House, which I'm here. We'll get into it. But like, I'm reminded just how pretty privilege is the greatest privilege in the world. Of all disagree. the privileges you could have. Because like, what was the last time a bachelor has been invited to the White House? None. It, I don't think they've ever been invited. And like, listen, at the end of the day, What's the difference between Joey and all the few bachelors we've had? He's pretty. And we'll get into it later. We have so much. When, when we get to Zero Bachelor. Zero disagrees. We'll... I what? just feel like I'm like, I feel like isn't like the like number one requirement of the bachelor is that you got to be pretty. I feel like a lot of the, well, the men are. Beauty is subjective. Yeah. Okay. As we'll get into sure. when we talk about love is blind. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, His, Joey's popularity is. is um... I think he's one of the cuter bachelors. For sure. Well, yeah. when the sun hits his eyes and those curls, those eyes. But like, Bachelor Nation eyes. is reacting to Joey in a way that they haven't reacted to True. a bachelor in some time. I feel like he's a good bachelor. Well, just, but what makes him good? I think the way he responds to the woman, mm -hmm. he actually listens and he gives a thoughtful response, which he yeah. seems very genuine. He does. He know? seems genuine. And I feel like he really pays attention and wants to get to know these women. So I do think, yes, he's nice on the eyes. I, I think but, uh, I think he's pretty. And he presents himself as simple. And I think what I've learned over the years of watching TV is that a lot, not all, a lot of the heterosexual women who watch reality TV, mm -hmm. it seems like for, they may say they want X, Y, or Z. But what I have noticed that they seem to res respond to the pretty ones who present, not necessarily are, because we don't really know Joey all that well. He might be very complex. Right. Reality TV kind of dumbs you down, oversimplifies you, but pretty and simple. I feel like he's kind of um, insinuating that there's more to sure. the story. He keeps kind of saying Everyone that, like, is, yeah. I, I have a darker side or something like that. And I was like, well, OK, let's see it. Well, last I know, season I he told Charity, that. he was like, I'm kind of a pain in the ass boyfriend. I, I think he it was he said he I, he didn't say it, it was like, like that. I'm, I can be difficult, difficult. in relationships. Yeah. 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 I'd like to tap more into that. Yeah. I'm but... like, where? <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, we haven't seen it. We haven't seen it. Before we have Peter Weber call in, we had the PCAs yesterday. 
uh, People's Choice Awards, for those of you who don't know. Unfortunately, Natalie and I did not get to go. We were invited, but had to decline because, obviously, we'd rather spend time with our daughter, River. But I always really liked the PCAs. This show, The Vile Files, has, is, a, is a People's Choice-nominated show. Although I don't think they have the, the top pop culture podcast award available anymore. I think they... Either that or we've been shadow banned. Well, we, we, uh, <laughs> no, but I don't think they had the award. I've worked the red carpet for the PCAs uh, the past couple years. And so went as like someone who is like loosely affi- affiliated. But I, what I always liked about the People's Choice Award is that it's one of the few awards that it lets, it lets the, the mids interact with the real celebrities. You know? Like, yeah, oh, totally. Your reality TV stars, your TikTokers, your influencers. Like, I, that's where Nellie and I got to meet Ryan Reynolds. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some A list celebrities at the People's Choice Awards. And then there's also, you know, your Ariana Maddox won um, Best Reality TV Person comp- for a Competition Series. So, like, so there's awards for your actors and your movie stars and then your reality TV stars. I don't know if they have any TikTok awards, but I only bring that up because not yet. <laughs> Billie Eilish was uh, overheard. Uh, they, and it's like the setup. Every award show is different, right? They have like, sometimes you're in a theater, sometimes you're at a dinner setting. This was more like, it's like a wedding venue. You're Everyone's at a table. And then Billie Eilish was uh, overheard questioning why there's so many TikTok stars. Do we have the video? We do. Who is she talking to? Do we know? Kylie Minogue. Oh, Kylie Minogue. Yeah. I love that. Oh, you can hear. You can hear it. Yeah, she's like, she's covering her mouth. She says there's some like TikTokers here and she's like pointing over to their direction. Yeah, which, you know, what do we what do we think of that? Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think it's funny, but I'm also like, I kind of get what she's saying just because I'm like, it's not just like guests that are invited that are nominated. It's like, I almost feel like the TikTokers and like the Alex Earls of the world are getting more screen time and more carpet time than the actual nominees well yeah but you know it's 2024 yeah Yeah. there's a new kind of celebrity in town you know like it's the age of the internet right your working actor who might be you know on their fourth tv series is less notable and has less star power and social media following than, you know, your Alex Earls or your Chris Olsons. Sure. And whether we like it or not, that's the name of the game these days. It's just like, I just wonder, like, what kind of chaos it would have sent if, like, the Grammys 10 years ago, if, like, Brad and Angelina showed up or something. And it's just like, you have no real reason in being here. Yes, you have star quality, but, like, this isn't your event. What does that even mean, though? Because I'm saying like it's like these TikTokers aren't nominated for anything. I don't know if they're presenting, but it's like. No, they're just there promoting. They're just there promoting. But it's like, I don't know. I feel like the attention that they're being given is as if they were nominated. And it's less than on the people who actually are nominated. Well, and I think the difference is it's like with people's choice, I think like Nick saying that's always been more of an award show for all different kind of medias and genres and different careers. But then you watch something like the Grammys where like I follow G flip on Instagram and they went to the Grammys and they were so excited to be there. And they're very much like in like a back seat, not at one of the main tables, but obviously like a very successful musician. So for them, it's this huge, big event. And then you have the Alex Earls on the carpet and it's like, but Alex Earl isn't a singer. Why is she there? Right. I'll I'll tell you why. Because all of these award shows from the Oscars down to the PCAs, like don't perform as well as they used to ratings wise like they don't get the clout and attention every other like every show every medium out there every show that's out there on television 
is fighting with all like the bevy of television options or streaming options. Influencers influence. These award shows are trying to get their bang for their buck and they are trying to give people a reason to tune in. Do you think it would ever backfire, though, if these A-list celebrities are just like, I don't want to go. Remember last year all those TikTokers were there? I, I just I don't I mean, to me, celebrity is a funny thing in itself. Mm -hmm. And so if yeah. any celebrity, I don't think it's a good look for Billie Eilish to, to no, sound like that. Definitely I, not. I, I think, you know, it's again, it's 2024. The age of the elitist is not it's not where we're at right now. And to anyone for anyone to act like they're better than anyone else is, is, is kind of a, of a of a bad look for again, for a, in a made up award show, you know, for like it's. It's I feel like silly. TikTok has gotten so big and like, just for one example, Alex or like, she does have a lot of influence. And so people do want to see her there. Yeah. The thing about TikTokers, though, is like the staying power is like they come and go. But it's like any celebrity, though. I mean, I guess. And maybe, as I said, I'll be the odd man out. But I'm like, my whole thing is that I'm like, for example, the Grammys, it should be about musicians. I'm like the Oscars. And I feel like. I trust me, I'm a big consumer of TikTok. I watch all the videos, but at the same time, I'm like, at what point are the Grammys, the Oscars, everything is going to be like TikTok awards? Because I'm like the movie stars dying, recording artists. There's just so many. There's so many different ways to get your music and streaming and independent and everything like that, that it's just like, who are we watching for the Grammys at the Grammys? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think award shows <laughs> in, in general are kind of silly. Yeah, I mean, if I just think times have changed. Also, like TikTok and Grammys. I mean, how do how do musicians become relevant these days on TikTok? TikTok, TikTok yeah. now, yeah. You know, a lot and, of them are discovered there now. Yeah, mm -hmm. I will yeah. say, pulled up the People's Choice Awards website, and there's four categories: it's movies, TV, music, and pop culture. Okay, so a lot of them cross over within that as well. For pop culture is a very broad, very broad term. <laughs> yeah, right. but like some TikTokers are also in like movies now. Yeah. So. Nobody would ever see Brad and Angelina at the Grammys, though, and be like, why are Brad and Angelina here? Right. But I feel like it's also going to be like the talking point of every tabloid when we, those were relevant, that I'm like, oh, it's going to be Brad and Angelina were at the Grammys. Why were they there versus the focus on the actual musicians that were invited there that have music nominated? You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So I'm like, and that's probably why I don't watch award shows anymore, to be completely honest. Well, there I, is that. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, I watch the VMAs for the musical performances, and that's probably the only award show that I watch. I'm just glad there's an award show like the PCAs for us mids, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so uh, hopefully Natalie and I will be able to go next, next year. year. Yeah. Well, it's time to talk a little with traders. Remember, we are, uh, this is a, we do spoil. Spoiler um, alert. We are up to date through uh, episode eight of Traders. So if you are not yet, uh, earmuffs every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern on Peacock. Truly Peacock. You know, half the shows we talk about are on Peacock. Uh, so get it now. Peter, welcome. Nick, what's going on, man? Good, good to see you. Good to see you, man. You, uh, you're in New York, right? I am. Yeah, I just, uh, just got back late last night. I was out in Chicago for a wedding, so. Uh, be back in the city. Nice, nice. I just nice. chill for a little bit. Well, hey, man, we're uh, we're uh, loving you on Traders. It's uh, it's been fun to watch. Appreciate that. It was it was honestly the time of my life. I was so much fun playing that game. I, I really enjoyed it. You seem to really thrive. My first question: Did you feel like walking into like I guess the castle with your peers? Did you feel like people underestimated you because you came from the Bachelor franchise? Like, was the people's first impression of you like dumb and pretty? I think, yeah, there is a little bit of that going in, but I, so I watched Ari, um, in the season prior, obviously leading up to, to leaving for filming and he obviously, you know, obviously killed it. 
you know, obviously I think there was a little bit of an impression maybe that I didn't have, you know, any kind of like game type experience per se, uh, just because obviously the nature of The Bachelor and having it really just be so opposite, so emotion-based, um, not really strategic and yeah. and that just game type feel. So uh, I think it, you know, I use it to my benefit. If it, if it did, I think it helped me. Totally. Okay. My big question for you, because like last week we were slightly critical of you because it was like you were crushing it. You were doing everything right. You were this, like you were the bloodhound. And then Trishel had this great plan, which, you know, was like, hey, we know Parvati is a traitor, but Phaedra is probably also a traitor who's flying under the radar. So let's get Phaedra out first and then we'll deal with Parvati. And it seemed like you weren't ignoring her. So props to you this week for like hearing her out because it seemed like she had a good plan. But my big question to you is, why yeah. were you so damn secretive with the other faithfuls? Because it seems like you're crushing it. And then all of a sudden you have these great plans, but you're only telling like two or three people. And that seems to be getting you in trouble with your other faithfuls unnecessarily so. But can you shed some light as, as to why during the game you thought that was the move? Yeah, you know, looking looking back on it and watching it back, obviously hindsight's 2020. And I probably should have done a better job of not ostracizing, you know, so much of the castle the way that it kind of happened. That was never my intent, to be honest. I just went into it and, you know, people ask like, oh, what's your strategy, you know, and, and what kind of advice do you have for people going, you know, on future seasons? And for me, I went into the game not trying to find the traders. At first, my whole strategy was I wanted to go in and find who could I give my 100% trust to. Once I decided that and committed to that, I was committed the entire game. So if I was wrong, then so be it. But I was willing to, once I gave that commitment to people and felt like, okay, I think we're on the same page here, I was willing to go to the end of the game with them. And it just, it it, it, it became unfortunate again, because obviously people's feelings kind of got hurt and you know, watching it back, I'm like, oh, shouldn't have maybe close that door and, and their faces so much. You're but like, get out of the room, man. <laughs> but, well, well, specifically, you know, with um with Phaedra and MJ, I think you guys are referring to when it all kind of started, Um, I had run, rushed everyone into the uh, to one of those other rooms to tell them about the recruitment. And I wanted to be very specific of who I was going to tell that to. So I wanted to use that information possibly later on. If there was a card to play, I wanted to keep that in my back pocket. But I wanted to give, you know, my group that knowledge so they could know it as well. And the two people that came in, Obviously, editing is a little bit different, and you only see so much on the screen, but sure. MJ and I had actually kind of gotten into it a little bit a couple episodes prior, where right after Ek and Sue had been murdered in that coffin, I was very, very convinced for a little bit that MJ was a traitor, and that, that part never made it to the screen, but we had had a lot of discussions, and I was just very, very suspicious of her, so I think she was the, the first one to come in, I'm like, okay, we only have so much time to talk, they only give you, you know, 30, 45 minutes to talk before you got to go, and once, once once they kind of stop the conversation period to get ready for the missions, gameplay talk is completely ceased. You can't talk whatsoever. So you have very limited time. And it was very like kind of a rushed environment when you have a lot of information to get out. So MJ came in. I was like, oh, I can't can't risk this with her right now because I'm not 100% off her trail. And also with Phaedra, um, at that point, again, it really wasn't shown yet in the, in the, in the show, but I was very suspicious of Phaedra. She had, there was two slips that she had kind of done uh, or one slip at that point that I knew she was attached to Parvati. She kind of had a Freudian slip and she was the second person to come in. And so I'm like, dang, I can't risk this with her either. Else this whole conversation is just going to go down the drain and we're not going to be able to have, you know, be a productive combo. Um, again, you look back and it's like, ah, I wish anyone else would have walked in and I would have like with open arms. I'm like, you know what? You want to come listen to our conversation a little bit? Maybe 
you know, on the fly kind of switched up what I was saying. But with those two, I just wasn't comfortable letting them hear what I had to say in the short amount of time that we had to say it. Gotcha. Well, it was and my big like CT. I thought like CT was the big swing vote. And I don't know from your perspective in real time, but he seems very faithful ish on the show. And what what stopped you from bringing CT into your circle of trust as Captain Faithful? That's what I refer to you. Okay, first off, that was I never said that term. All these these housewives are the ones throwing that stuff out. But that's no, great, man. Um, like you were also you're crushing it. You're doing a great job setting traps and think forward thinking. Like you're you're crushing the show. I mean, I say that as a compliment. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, it was um, dude. Yeah, well, and for me too. Like I think maybe that's also an aspect. Like on the Bachelor, it just doesn't come out. But I. You know me like my best friends. I'm the most competitive, which is definitely coming out here now, almost to bite me. But I am the most competitive person you'll ever meet. Um, and obviously, this this kind of this show, this format, let that really come out. PT was someone that, so when I had initially leaked that lie, I had picked three people. It was Dan, it was Parvati, and it was CT. And obviously, those were the three that I was most suspicious of yeah. at that time. I wasn't on to, to Phaedra yet. And I just, I don't know. I, I was, I couldn't get a proper read. You know what it was? We, we had told CT, um, it kind of was like forced out in conversation way, way back. I don't know if you guys remember, there was a little bit where Kevin and I it was kind of like the first game play strategy. I think I tried to put into it, um, where Kevin and I decided to come up with this little feud between the two of us. And we were going to, again, try to hopefully use that as a card later on in the game to see if it could benefit us in whatever way we would see as the game played out. CT had come into that conversation. We were like in the billiards room and like had kind of heard about it. And he acted, he acted a little weird with once he found out what we were doing, he like, I remember he got like really, really dramatic and like brought like all the pool balls in. It was like, wait, wait, this is, this is genius. And, and uh, okay, so we're, you guys are going to be this and, and I'm going to lie undercover. And he almost like was overacting a little bit to where I was not comfortable. I was honestly stressed and I'm like, oh, if he is a traitor right now, this is horrible because he's going to know all this information at the very beginning that we have this little trap or this little play going on. And it goes back to that, to that moment really, really early on. And I never kind of like dropped that feeling with him and just, yeah, wasn't, wasn't fully right. comfortable yeah, yet. There was, okay. there was reasons all the, you know, if you want to call it like the group of people that I was faithful with, there was reasons, specific reasons I had why I knew at that point they couldn't be a traitor. And I didn't have that with, C or, with CT or anyone else at that point. Gotcha. From a production standpoint, I'm curious. It seems like, you know, on The Bachelor, there's, and Genevieve can, can confirm this, there's a lot of hurry up and wait on The Bachelor. Yeah. It seems like there's even more hurry up and waiting on traitors because the production value of the show is incredible. They obviously keep you guys very, it seems like a lot of the time you're separate, like at night, you guys separate rooms and things like that because you don't know who's going to get murdered. Like how exactly, much, yeah. how much downtime do you have by yourself while you were filming? It seemed like. A well, actually, no, to be honest, by downtime by yourself was very, very limited. Okay. Would, it was super long days. We would go, I think we'd show up at like around eight or something uh, in the morning. We'd go to like midnight, really? 1am filming. And there was downtime, obviously, but you were always still with with the group. You were with every every all the players in the gotcha. castle, whether it was eating lunch or whatever. But it was just so difficult because the second that you know production came in and said, "Okay, conversations are done," they were done. And if you try to like sneak any combos in, like you're obviously mic'd up the entire time, so they can always hear if like you're trying to like be sneaky with it or at all. You were always with each other, but you didn't have the opportunity to actually talk game and have more conversations that you would have hoped that you would have been able to have at that point. Yeah. They tried to recruit you to be a trader. 
and you obviously yeah. turned it down. Did you have like, I think like being on The Bachelor again, like if you go on the show, the way the show is edited or the way the fan base is, they make a villain out of nothing, right? You know, that's how I was the villain in any season. I was too strategic. And so everything about The Bachelor is about not being strategic. It's about leading with your heart. Were you reluctant to say yes to being a traitor for fear of an edit almost because of like PTSD from The Bachelor? Like, because I, I honestly, I would, you know, it's like I... You know, the way Bachelor Nation consumes TV, you don't want to be seen as manipulative or someone who can lie very well and things like that. Like, what was your reason for turning it down? And did your experience on The Bachelor had any impact on that whatsoever? Truly, no. And I feel like obviously it was like a big storyline. It's just it's been kind of I didn't expect I get maybe I should have expected it. But in the moment, I wasn't thinking it wasn't that that deep for me. Like I had a really good idea. Like the second I remember opening that door, I knew why they were bringing me there for that interview. I'm like, oh, something's going to happen here. It's some type of recruitment. I opened the door. I see the letter. Um, but truly, it was just in that moment, I was feeling so good about where we were at in the game. I thought we had some incredible momentum. And I just, I didn't want to turn. I didn't want to throw. I felt like if I would have taken that recruitment, I had a very good idea that it was Parvati and it was Phaedra at that point that had sent me the recruitment letter. And I just didn't want to throw my game and kind of put like a, a wrench in it at that moment. I felt like it was just, we had so much momentum. Um, our team was working so well. And honestly, what was going through my mind, aside from just the number one thing, I was like, I, you know, I would have felt, maybe I took it too seriously, honestly, because I remember like watching three in season one and i was like i i would have felt like absolute doing like what she kind of done to the group and again that's the game so you can't take it too seriously and like too literally it's, it's a game but i just remember thinking I, I could not do that to people like i feel like that would just weigh on my conscience like crazy like even if you know at the very end of the game everything works out great i just would have felt like so that was going through my mind um i didn't want to mess up my gameplay and then i was worried I was so gung-ho, like, in my strategy, and my trajectory at that point. I'm like, if I have to now switch, I think I have, you know, like, maybe the acting chops to kind of, like, keep people off me and, like, no suspicion. But I wasn't completely confident that my gameplay wouldn't have switched up a little bit to yeah. where – because there's – the people here are freaking smart. Like, people can get reads and, and pick up anything. They're, you know, this is what they do. A lot of, you know, Big Brother players, Survivor, like, they play these games. I wasn't 100% confident that I was going to be able to keep the suspicion off when I had to now switch up my gameplay, which is funny, though, because it's true. After I rejected it, you would have thought then I would have tried to befriend some of the traders like I did with Parvati and everything. So I'm like, ah, that kind of like that kind of didn't help out. Like, yeah, that was another like, thing. Right into <laughs> when, when you rejected it, I'm surprised you didn't like come out and be like, hey, I got they tried to recruit me. Yeah. But then you were weirdly it's right. like. You were you played it so well, except that you were bizarrely secretive every once in a while, which put an unnecessary spotlight on you. I, I get that, but so I thought they were gonna show it to you. Like I ended up so I want I told the group right right away about the recruitment. And then actually this last episode, I had a conversation with Kate. And Kate was Kate's smart. You gotta hand it to Kate, Kate's smart. But she was the first person, they didn't show this, but she was the first person where I played that card and I revealed to her, just to like completely come clean with her. I told her that I had been recruited. And I started to do that throughout the show. Um, again, that didn't make the screen, but I tried then playing those cards later on, hopefully to try to gain some trust with people. Again, maybe they're going to believe it. Maybe they're not. But 
that was just that was just the, the route that I went to. Honestly, though, watching it back, I'm kind of like maybe it did this was like an unintended consequence, but I feel like I didn't realize that they were gonna like take it so hard and like it affected. I could tell like it affected Parvati. You know, Phaedra was like was pissed, and I think I even saw something with Parvati saying how she like then kind of switched up her game just yeah. out of like fight almost of me like rejecting it, which I think actually was an unintended you know benefit of having them kind of like take their foot off the pedal so much with like the perfect gameplay strategic route and kind of get a little emotional about it and be riled up because of the, of the rejection. So who knows? Was there any like in show drama uh, because of like the game playing that people did take personally? Cause they, they don't seem to be showing a lot of it. It all seems within the context of the game, but I'm, I'm wondering, did it get clicky almost on a personal level while filming? Honestly, not, not, well, actually, no, I can't say that. Uh, I can't really spoil what's 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 coming. There, There is definitely one relationship that sours okay. like no yeah. other and uh, and gets not on my point, not on my from my side, but gets very personal. Yeah. Okay. I feel like we're kind of seeing that with uh, Trishelle and CT. Like she's yeah. making it kind of personal where it's like you should have lit my torch. She's smart. She's like she's, smart. she's very good at game playing. So then why didn't Trishel kind of put her name, her neck out on the line more? I feel like you were the one who went out and said that, you know, um, I think that it's Phaedra and that um, and you were kind of covering it up with Parvati and didn't let everybody in on the plan. And then it kind of blew up at the round table. Like, why didn't Trishel do that? Because you became Trishel a Trishel brought target. up Phaedra, but I think Peter, yeah, was the, he Peter was was the one the who took it. Yeah. yeah. I, I would say with that, um, and again, it, it didn't, it all, it didn't all make it on, but we had had those conversations. Like one of the, and it, it, we, John and I had a conversation after, cause I was like, ah, that would have just been like, I just wish he would have come with us. Cause he was, you know, kind of part of our group. And I, we had had the conversations with him, with Kevin, we, we, everyone knew what the plan was. Um, I think John's reasoning, what he had told me, uh, was just that it was just kind of too much of a last minute switch where he didn't want to, we were going to originally go for poverty. And then when we explained to him why we wanted to go for Phaedra, he didn't necessarily like that last minute of a switch and wanted to kind of stick with the original plan. Obviously, you know, it's strength in numbers. And if you're not all voting the same, it's not going to work out. But I just remember at that point, I committed to like, I was like, okay, I'm going to be as loud as possible. I think that's my safety. So I've already been kind of loud, you know, halfway through, I think I kind of like started making a lot of accusations and getting loud. And then I figured this is my safety because if I'm continuing to put a lot of pressure and heat on the actual traders, it becomes very obvious that then on the next one murdered, I was kind of using that as my shield when I didn't really have a shield. And I just like, I committed to staying loud. And um, that was a strategy. Final question, yeah. Peter, who from Bachelor Nation would you like to see on this show? And I, I'm, and would you also agree that, you know, like the other franchises, you, they have multiple housewives, they have some multiple people from Survivor and Big Brother, but only one Bachelor contestant who would you like to see? Like, can you give me three women and three men from Bachelor Nation that you would like to see? And maybe what pairings that you think would be good on next seasons of Traders? Uh, to be completely honest, I even told you, I think you would kill it on this show. I uh, think you thanks. should definitely uh, get the opportunity you want. Were you going to do it? Uh, I've been asked. Yeah. Uh, okay. But, uh, you know, scheduling and, and, you know, this show is uh, makes it difficult. It would be fun. I would I'd like uh, it would be fun to do. I don't think I don't I think like you. I would enjoy being a faithful. I think I could be good at reading people. Yeah. I'm not a very good liar. I think if I were a traitor, I'd, I'd, I'd be like, oh, sorry. No, it's not me. Like, uh, they would for sure pick you to be a traitor first. 
I don't think I'd be a good one. I think I'd get eliminated. And I think I would have a target on my back as a trader because I think, you know, of my reputation. I hear you on that. I think a good strategy going forward or like a format for this show, I think they should randomize. Like they shouldn't have just so everyone goes into it knowing that it's no actual, no one from production, Alan not picking it. They should do a randomizer to actually pick the traders just so any of that suspicion is, is uh, taken care of and like disappears. That's, a, that's but, a good idea. All right. So other than, other than myself, who else from Bachelor Nation? I love the couple idea. I love, you know, Marcus and Larsa. So I think uh, I was just with them uh, for Super Bowl. I think Justin and Susie <laughs> would be great together going in as a couple. Yeah. Um, I'd like that. That could be a super interesting dynamic just because what I love about the game is just, it's so complex. It's so dynamic. It's like just truly ever changing every day. Especially having, like, I remember having so many theories. Oh, well, they have to have Larsa. You know, this is a perfect option for a recruit because, you know, no one's to suspect this with her boyfriend and then being able to murder the boyfriend and take heat off. Like, there's so many ways you could play that as a couple. I was asked this in the beginning, too. I think Hannah, Hannah Brown, she would, she would be good. Yeah. Uh, very great personality, obviously, super smart. I think Chris, Chris Harrison would be super interesting oh, to watch. Oh, yeah, that would be a good one. That yeah. would be, he would be uh, I would like to super see Chris interesting gameplay. <laughs> Who else here? Uh, Jason. Jason Tardy. Okay. That that guy's super just analytical. The way his mind works, I think he would he could be, I could see him as a trader or a faithful and playing either role exceptionally well. You know, from a physical aspect too, just being able to contribute. Yeah, I would say those were the top top ones that come to mind. I I like the Chris Harrison one. It could also be interesting to have X's on. If they did oh Jason and Caitlin. Okay. So funny story. I, when you're showing up to the castle, we're in these like lane, like Range Rover, big SUVs. You see, they show them a couple of times in the show. You're with like your first group of people that you ever see. So I was with Sandra, Sheree, and Peppermint. And you meet everyone else for the very first time at the castle. And so we're driving around and like doing some final like tracking shots right before we go in. And I'm in the front right seat. And um, we're passing another car that's coming opposite direction. And from a distance, I see there's a girl in the front right seat of the other one. And I see her and my like my heart kind of like stops because I thought it was I thought it was Kelly. And I was 100 percent convinced. I'm like, they did not bring us both on <laughs> yeah, this yeah, show yeah. together. I mean, they, Genius. they yeah, would. They would. <laughs> they would. They, I'm sure they tried. Yeah. yeah. Why haven't they, they done that they yet? They would, but it was Ekansu who like. Look, they, they have yeah, a very yeah, similar sure. look and yeah. so from a distance i like remember like oh my god what would you have done if crazy. kelly was there peter dude i don't i don't know that would have been some insane tv <laughs> <laughs> i truly really don't know where do you and kelly that stand these days are we not talking are we friendly or you know we're it's 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 cordial it's cordial. very friendly we don't i mean we don't talk but it's ever since it ended you know it's been that's coming up on a year now so you know, i know she's very happy in a, in a great relationship and oh, i'm wonderful. stoked for her yeah. um yeah, absolutely no, no hard feelings. So we're uh, good. We love that. Oh, what do you think? Uh, are you watching The Bachelor at all? You, you, you keep up? I have not. I watched the first first episode of this season. Just been kind of a lot of stuff going on recently, so I need to need to catch up. But yeah, not not caught up to speed yet, quite yet. But I love Joey. I think that guy, he, perfect choice. I'm, I'm sure he's killing it. Have you met him? Yeah, yeah. We met. Um, we were at the U.S. Open. Uh, so uh -huh. his playing field there in, in New York this past summer and. Yeah, he's a good dude. Incredible. All right, Peter. Well, good luck the rest of the way. Excited to see uh, how things finish for you. Uh, I can see. I mean, other than, other than you being like, other than you having a kind of a big target on your back these days, I can see you winning it. You got the chops, that's for sure. 
Although there there are a lot of there there's it's surprising how many players that like are very still like under the radar that like are not and I can't help but wonder if that's like a really good thing for them you know uh but we'll see we'll yeah see. I I definitely like I said my whole thing was once I got loud like I got to stay loud just to keep heat on people and. That's the the route I chose, and we'll see what happens. All right. Well, excited to see how it plays out for you, buddy. I appreciate you taking the time. It's great catching up with you. Of course. Likewise. You guys take care, right? All right. Talk to you later, bud. Thanks, Peter. All right. Peace. Oh, yeah. I've been been enjoying watching Peter play. A thousand percent. Reminder, a little housekeeping note. uh, This week on Going Deeper, Nally and I, uh, Nally returns to the Vile Files. Uh, We uh, we are the guests (laughs) for Going Deeper, uh, talking about our birth story everything about the you know <laughs> delivery and uh being parents together uh so that. we'll be so exciting and, yeah. and sharing our emotions this week on thursday so i hope you guys tune in and then on next week going deeper we have reality tv royalty truly we, we've had a few of those uh, jay wow last week uh incredible episode of you haven't listened to that uh candy burris uh, joins us uh, wow. as her what I like to think of as her Bravo exit interview. Uh, she recently announced that she will not be returning to the Real Housewives of Atlanta after uh, she has the longest tenured run as a housewife. Mm-hmm. But it was a great conversation with uh, Candy and in preparation because I haven't uh, watched a ton of uh, Housewives of Atlanta, but really got to know the background of like people like uh, Phaedra. Sheree is very much like on Traders, like on Housewives. You you forget she's on the show. Mm-hmm. She's one of those that's under the radar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even on Housewives. She has like a couple like lines, like moments, and yeah. that's it. And that's it. Spring, and summer? I have uh, no spring, summer? Uh, <laughs> she Juggers? Yeah, she by Sheree. <laughs> she by Sheree. Spring, summer? Uh, fall, summer? Fall. Uh, but Phaedra, whoo, she... Um, Phaedra's a lawyer. <laughs> yeah, and well, uh, I mean, we get into it with Candy, but obviously... Very uh, infamously, uh, the the drama between Phaedra, Portia, and Candy. I can't wait. That's when Phaedra left the show. So yeah, yeah. and it was very uh, it, ooh, that was that was a very um, little rough, uh, deplorable accusation uh, by uh, that Phaedra was involved in. It seems unclear, but Phaedra's ability to deceive and lie on traitors raises. It- it raises some eyebrows, I'm not going to lie, where I'm just like... Yeah, it's like, wow, you're really good at this. Right, and yeah. so it's like moments that I've seen on the show where I was like so genuinely broken down and I'm like, wait, was that an act? Yeah. Because you can do it very well. Yeah, Parvati also pretty... Boy, Parvati, when she was lying to John, was bringing up like her childhood and like past trauma. That's some like... Got the waterworks she running. Was crying, yeah. I mean, there's gamesmanship and then there's like... There's actors who can't make themselves cry yeah. on on the spot. And there's like making someone feel bad for your if you when you tap into your past childhood trauma mm-hmm. to manipulate someone game or not. That's a bit <laughs> crossing a line. Yeah. I was going to say I yeah, kind of want to bring that up when we when we discuss bachelor a oh, little bit. Okay. <laughs> Wonderful. Viore, it's time to start looking your best even when you are working out or when you're chilling. Viore is that type of gear that you need on your body. Whatever you're doing, wherever you're going, it just feels comfortable. It looks great. It is what you need now. A new perspective on performance apparel. Perfect. If you are sick and tired of traditional old workout gear, everything is designed to work out in. 
but doesn't look or feel like it's it's so freaking comfortable you will want to wear it all the time seriously it's more comfortable than whatever you are wearing right now the product is incredibly versatile it can be used for just about any activity like running training swimming yoga the men's core shorts and the men's performance jogger are two items that are essential in my workout drawer the performance jogger is incredible it's also available in a short and their men's core short the most comfortable lined athletic short possible it is everything you need in a workout short and their again their performance jogger is great for working out in and honestly if you're in dad mode or just like lounge mode or like reality tv watching mode perfect for watching your favorite reality tv shows that is for sure the women's performance jogger the women's daily leggings natalie big fans of the women's daily legging there's a reason why they're called the daily leggings because once you put them on you'll be wearing them every gosh darn day viore is an investment in your happiness for our listeners they are offering 20 percent off your first purchase Get yourself the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viori.com slash V-I-A-L-L. That is V-U-O-R-I.com slash V-I-A-L-L. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoying free shipping on any U.S. order over $75 and free returns. Go to viori.com slash V-I-A-L-L and discover the versatility of Viori clothing. Nutrafol! Your hair? Well... Listen, we all love our hair. And when it comes to hair, you know, man or women, we all face the uh, the thinning thing. You know, that thing that happens with our hair sometimes. It gets a little, whether it's stress or maybe our diet. Natalie, recently pregnant, gave birth, you know, hormones happened and that affects your hair. Maybe, you know, because of your diet. Or There's a million reasons why people suffer from thinning hair, whether they're men or women. And Nutrafol is changing the game, getting people healthier, thicker, fuller hair. Hair thinning is going to happen to approximately one in two women, but I don't think it's really talked about openly and widely. So it can be kind of like a taboo subject or embarrassing, but it truly happens to so many women. And like Nick said, for a variety of reasons, whether it's stress, maybe it's menopause, you know, your hormones are all over the place. So when it comes to thinning hair, there's going to be many root causes and Nutrafol addresses them through a multi-targeted whole body approach because Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding. So if you want to get, you know, less hair in your hand when you're running your hair through your hands, Nutrafol would be the way to go. It's a clinically effective formula. I mean, people rave about Nutrafol. Natalie has already been on the show talking about her experience with Nutrafol and how game-changing it has been for her. Anytime I've ever heard someone talk about Nutrafol, the feedback is exactly the same. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster-growing hair with less shedding. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription. And free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter promo code THEVILEFILES. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com. Promo code THEVILEFILES. That's Nutrafol.com, promo code THEVILEFILES. For $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping. Uh, it's Bravo time. Yeah. It's VPR Bravo time. Yeah. Talking about targets, Vanderpump Rules. I don't know who watched it, but Schwartz. We all did. Well, yeah, <laughs> we all watched it. But like Schwartz has a target on his back with the group. Yes. But Lisa Vanderpump wants to do this new Tahoe trip. So he goes to the bar, invites everybody. And that's where we get the whole Ariana's like the queen of the group comment. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what we think about that dynamic. Well, Queen of the, it's like it's Ariana's walking that fine line. Also, congratulations to Ariana for winning People's Choice Awards. Yeah, I think it's just the name of the game. I think people get sick of a front runner after a while. 
consecutively every year there is somebody who has the top storyline who is kind of the queen bee situation with katie's wedding that was Mm -hmm. her season stassi season three like there's just so many different seasons where it's like this person is the top dog so it's also like it's not shocking that ariana would be in that position let alone that i do feel like everyone's trying to rally around her and bring her up and this is also what two months not even after Scandal happened. So it's like, I also think that the timeline of filming versus like us watching it is kind of forgotten as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, because everyone's like, we're over it and we are. But I'm like, this is a, a couple months, if that, after this wrapped up. But it is kind of interesting, like this whole, like that's, in Vulture wrote a nice, uh, interesting piece rather on on the state of Vanderpump, kind of questioning like that their success of season 10 was, you know, it's like they almost, you know, there's been a lot of rumors that they were going to cancel after season 10. Obviously they didn't after the success of Vanderpump, but it was almost like, yeah, it got them a season 11, but the success of Scandival almost tied their hands because here you have Ariana who truly seems almost indifferent about like whether she's on the show or not Mm -hmm. and that she does present a i don't give a fuck i'm untouchable type of of energy right and it's like the the vanderpump itself is a show that has these like trips that always have some sort of drama any other season you would have this trip Whatever the scene is, whatever the reason, Sheena's one of one of Sheena's weddings, you know. And if Sheena's not getting married to someone new, uh, then they have a new reason, you know, of of a trip. Mm-hmm. But now you have Ariana being like, "No, fuck that." And if and if any of my people go, I won't talk to you anymore. Mm-hmm. And Ariana has this power and pull on social media and in pop culture in general. It's kind of ruining the flow of the show, you know, because typically they would all go on this trip and then the person like in Ariana would begrudgingly like Katie last last season was like she still went to Sheena's wedding, even though she wasn't invited to Sheena's wedding. Right. You know, but now you have Ariana being like kind of trumping what the producers want. It feels like. Right. It is kind of fascinating. Yeah. And we have Sheena having to go talk to Tom in a back alley because she doesn't want to be caught talking to him. <laughs> She's like, like I can't so talk funny. to you. Not here. <laughs> yeah, not here. She's like, oh, absolutely not. But meet me outside. And, and then they set up like, like almost like a bachelor one-on-one where they throw a table and two chairs like kind of in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. yeah. It's a throwback to earlier seasons where they're sitting in the alley and it's like table and they're having like a weird conversation that has no point to it. So I mean, legit. It's a callback. Classic. But she made some good points. I mean, selfishly, I can't every every conversation with Tom, I think, re- like reminds people of the interview uh, that he had here on the Vile Files because he's uh-huh. just like, it's time to come in and be really sorry to be contrite, to like fall on my sword. And then we're like, well, I don't know what you're about to say, but we all know how you really feel. Yeah. His issue is that he he says sorry in the butt, but it's like he overemphasizes his humanity where we're all like, we know you're human. We know everyone makes mistakes. But where you're not emphasizing is that you are sorry for what you did, because that's what I feel like he always is like, no, I know I did this, but 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 I'm being attacked and I'm and it's like, we know we know. But I'm like, if just like an ounce of humility guaranteed, people would be like, oh, you are showing your humanity instead of trying to force it down our throats that like we're being too hard on you. Yeah, I just at the end of the day, I just think he is mm, sorry he got caught. Yeah. 
Yeah. She, she had a point. She said, just start acting like you are sorry. Like you're walking around at your concerts and like on interviews acting like you don't care. Well, it's even the tell here when he was like, yeah. I wouldn't cheat like that again. And it was just like, yeah, like you, you didn't even again. think like that. Yeah. 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 Like that again. Cheat like that. Um, Schwartz, he's, he's got us. He's got to move on. I feel like he's trying to do good, but he has that target on his back. Like he's trying to make friends with everybody in that group, but it's the Ariana wedge that's like blocking it. I mean, I think you can you can have two things at the same time. Like he can still be friends with Sandoval and work on mending his relationships with the others without trying to force this group mentality because it's just mm-hmm. not going to happen. There are people that have strong feelings when, against Tom. When Schwartz is like, I just miss the group. It's like, yeah, I know, dude. Like I miss my group of friends too when I was 28 and we went out to the clubs <laughs> all the time. But like, you know, people grow up. Yeah. And so like the I miss the group as a 40-year-old man, regardless of Scandal, just kind of it, doesn't it, present growth. It presents delusion. Yeah. yeah. It's like I want us to backtrack to this where it's like, hunt no, you either work on your relationship separately and you can keep Tom as a friend, but this whole like Ariana and Tom will come together and we're all going to take shots. It's like, where do you see that? To Lulu. <laughs> That's like a part, maybe part of the problem with Vanderpump cast is you have, you know, a lot of people who have done some bad things. Mm-hmm. Everyone in this cast has had a low character moment, minus Katie. Our Ariana, I guess her biggest low character moment is acting like is is being indifferent to all the other infidelity when it didn't affect her right and now that it is she is captain infidel you know captain boundaries also like when ariana's like you're confusing um what did she say strength and boundaries with um, ego ego Mm -hmm. i don't know if i agree with that in a sense that like yes having a boundary but when you say things like no one likes you you know when she was being mean to sports whether she wants to be, have Swartz in her life at all she doesn't need to low blow and do you feel like she found more strength doing that in a group setting versus like sure. a one-on-one yeah. situation exactly yeah so like so, yeah strength setting a boundary does take a lot of strength but like you know saying to someone no one here likes you in a group setting that's just mean. Well, and also boundaries are, are things that you set for yourself. You don't set boundaries for other people yeah. to abide by. Yeah. You and know? then you have Sheena who like in the group setting is kind of like, yeah, Tom, fuck you. And then meanwhile, she's like, hey, uh, Sandoval, meet me on the side. Like, <laughs> you sure want to come to my show? <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like, those, but the, I guess what I was trying to say is like the, sh- like the men have not evolved. No. And it's just getting to a point where there's just no evolution with these men that it's become harder and harder to like give a shit about these guys who just quite at the end of the day don't grow up it's the yeah it's the peter pan syndrome that was working for them for the drama in the 20s well i guess even then for tom like 30s but i'm like now it's almost kind of sad and repetitive to a point to where you're just like learn a life lesson just one and when you know and i i've i've recently i've gotten to know james kennedy over the you know a little bit he seems like a nice enough guy, mm-hmm. but when he's your number one guy, uh, who also does have a questionable past, right? It's tough. You need some guys that you want to root for, right? You know, and they just they don't have that right now at all. Well, and the thing that I think Vanderpump might have um, shot themselves in the foot with is that 
it's really hard for them to bring on new people and have us be invested because these people have been friends for so long in each other's lives that we feel like we're a part of this group. And Mm -hmm. every time they try a season with bringing in new people, we're just like, all right, give us give us the OG cast. So I'm like, I don't know that there unless there was somebody that had like a voice of reason that we were already introduced to. I don't see how you can shift the dynamic without it just being like, all right, last season. Do we care about the new uh, VPR spinoff coming out? (laughs) The Valley. Not I, at all. I didn't even yeah, hear it's about called it. a Valley. It's okay. uh, it's like a spinoff of VPR. You got Jax Taylor. You have Kristen. Oh, I have heard about that. And I believe Jasmine Good from my season of The Bachelor. I don't know if she's officially part of the cast, but I I know she's like friends with that yep. group, and I think she will at least be on it as like a B character, if not main character. I don't I don't know. She's definitely on it. I yeah. I saw her over last summer, and she was talking about it. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. So she's definitely on it. I feel like we're begrudging going to have to at least time in. Jax Taylor is, you can tell he's about to be on TV again. Because he seems like, we don't spread rumors on this show, but he is, he is, make, he is getting attention through posts and it's, it just seems like... Jax is back. Jax is back in a way that um, he's, he, he might be willing to, in a very Jax Taylor way, burn down everything around him for the sake of good television. Well, and then that was my opinion when I heard about the spinoff. I was like, this man should not come back to reality TV. Like, you finally, like, you've got the wife, you've got the kid. Like, I'm just like, this man finds a way to just become the target. A lot of people want to see that, though, because they've only seen this negative side of him. So the Valley's supposed to be his, like, redemption arc in, like, the public eye. Because he has he's... this family and this, these kids now to show them that he's, like, he's changed. I think that's a setup. That's... Maybe. We'll I see. It, I think it's a setup because I don't, I think it's, it's in it. I... Where's the drama? I don't think Jax Taylor is a good person. No. And I say that saying and reminding anyone who listens to the show for the vast majority of the people that we discuss, we don't know who they are. These shows are heavily edited. We don't like to decide on people's character based off of what we're watching on these television shows. But well, one, I've met Jax Taylor. And two, this is a man who the shit he has done for the sake of television is truly deplorable and disgusting and destructive. Yeah. And bad, like something only a bad person could do. And while he's not been on TV, we keep hearing from the people around him, oh, he's changed. He's finally this. He's finally that. You know, we'll see when he start, He gets a camera in his face and he is, he's motivated by airtime and attention. Do you think there will be crossover with Vanderpump? Uh, for sure. Yeah. I've heard that. I watched an interview where I think they're going to do kind of like the crossover they did for Beverly Hills introducing us to Vanderpump. Mm-hmm. It's going to be like Jackson and Tom Sandoval having a conversation. I think if there's one person who's going to show us growth is Kristen. Yeah. She's we'll been see. on pause for a while. You so. don't believe so? I, I don't know. I think Kristen's lovely. Um, I, I just, as I said, I feel kind of the same way that you do with Jax that I'm just kind of like, it'll be interesting to see with the camera on if we're going to be able to kind of cut the dramatics and even then what what are we left with as a show? Well, that's another question is like, will it be, you know, if if these people actually, let, let's say Jax Taylor proves me wrong. And mm-hmm. He's like, no, I've really made some changes in my life and I want to demonstrate that on television. Same with Kristen. Then it's like, I don't know what, then, then it's like, what, what do we have as a television show? Right. But like Kristen's uh, low moments on Vanderpump to me came across as she almost like someone who like couldn't help themselves, who got caught up in drama, her, her past issues really creeped up, but she, there wasn't like a, 
I don't care if I'm a good person or a bad person energy. Where mm-hmm. that was Jack's. It was like there there was no moral compass. And with Kristen, there was like someone who had the moral compass, but like had a hard time enforcing a boundary. Sure. I was like, there's questionable decisions that were made, but I'm also like, she's just somebody that I feel like feels a lot in the moment and then maybe can like look back after things have calmed down with reason. But I think she's just very heightened in her reaction. So that's where I'm like, she's great for reality television. But as I said, if we're trying to make a show about like maturity or life after reality TV as like domesticated house life i i'm just i'm confused as to where the direction is going and also to go back to Jax as well i was like if Jax behaves the same way that he does being on a high from the cameras and whatnot i'm like he has the most to lose in my opinion like he's got his house he's got his family he's got you know what i mean so i'm like i'd be scared for the decisions that he could make that could potentially be like the collateral damage that's exactly. assuming he really yeah. values those things sure yeah life. you know he might have gotten born ready to be back on television just for that reason. So yeah, or maybe money got tight. You know, what what like what what was he doing? Well, his debut back was House of Villains. Yeah, I mean, how, what are the? But how has Jax Taylor been earning money recently? He's got a bar in uh, Studio City. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Did you well, know? <laughs> is it a bar or is it a, like a? I thought I heard it was like inside of a bar. It's like a. It was like a like a beer tub, <laughs> like almost like a. That's what I heard. I haven't seen it yet. It used to be. Did, a, did you go? Yeah. You saw, Yeah. Didn't you go with Wells and Sarah? Yeah. 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 I went uh, for like a Sunday brunch and it's uh, Jax's Studio City on Ventura. It's a nice sports bar. The TV's all over the so place. So it is. The, the bar is. The bar is his, his. because okay. I remember going to this bar before it was that and there's no remnants of. Okay. So it is. Okay. So it's, it's his and Brittany's bar. Brittany and his bar. Yeah. So, I mean, I know that that but that's also an investment. And that's relatively new. It's right next to Rocco's on okay. Witsit. Yeah. So uh, it's like it, everybody thought it was Rocco's, but it was where Rocco's used to have their additional private room. And now it's turned into Jax's Studio City. So was it busy? Yeah. For okay. football. It was rocking out. Okay. You know? Yeah. It looks pretty cool. Yeah. Like the decorations. I met Brittany, took a shot with her. She was lovely. Like, I'm like, they're very personable walking around. So I'm like, they're, they're doing the whole... You know, I just feel like Jax wanted a bar because Tom and Tom have a bar. So I'm just like, it's very reminiscent of that. It's, it, I don't want to say anything <laughs> negative, but. Yeah, I just don't, I wonder how much money Jax Taylor is able to make on his social media. Like what brand is going to be like, you know what? This is the guy we want repping our product. I, I feel like Britney is the breadwinner, to Probably, be completely yeah. honest. I was like, that girl has an endorsement on a regular oh, okay, since she's gotten on the show. She was Jenny Craig, she, Cup She, like she's girl is working yeah good for her yeah Brittany. oh he seems like seems like a lovely person truly a little bit i know about her i didn't understand it i was like what do you see that i don't Hmm. but i mean they're still married so happy yeah yeah congrats can't see what happens after this uh this show i said you don't talk about rumors but i heard some allegations (laughs) Uh, we've heard those too yeah yeah but we'll see if um they play out. See if they play out. We don't want to be the ones to start them. But um, again, it just, it seems like you can tell Jax Taylor's about to be on TV mm-hmm. with, the, with the things that are flying out in the ethos Facts. Of, of social media. Is there any housewives we need to? Beverly Hills, not too much. Um, we're kind of in this plateau in Beverly Hills where nothing hasn't really happened the past couple of episodes. It's really been slow. We mm-hmm. just continue the whole narrative of Erica being like, I want apologies. That's kind of like the main anchor. Which I don't get. I'm kind of with Dorit on this one, where it's just like, again, it still feels like Erica is trying to, I said this a couple of weeks ago, convince people 
that she didn't rip people off. Where I don't feel like the majority of people out there actually think that she was part of Tom's deception. Right. It's just more how she is handled being affiliated with Tom and the benefits that she received via Tom's deception and how she's handled that is still fair. It's like, but she doesn't allow anyone to question her. She, as Dorit pointed out, she's ultra defensive and she did not, in my opinion, handle it in a way that, that doesn't deserve some type of criticism. Yeah. That's what Kyle was saying. She's like, I never questioned your relation to the actual crime. It was the way you responded to it and the empathy that you didn't have. Right. Yeah. So, and the way Erica's handle it, it's just like, I don't know. Yeah. It it's, does have perspective when she was talking to the therapist and she was like, I had nobody to fall on. So she kind of turned into this defense mode because like her, her finances, her position, just her whole livelihood was if people like, if she does wrong, then she does wrong. So that was kind of like. I guess. I was really mad watching this past episode. It was at the end. I think it was at the end, but they showed, I think it was at Dorit's house. I don't know. It was a shot of a dog chewing up some sort of item. It was like a torn ball or something. And this dog was eating a foreign object. And I was, I was like, what kind of monster holding that camera let that dog eat something he shouldn't eat for the sake of the shot? Uh, I missed that. I missed, I missed it, it as too. well. You were talking about this. I have no clue what you're talking about. I, am I the only one who saw I, that? No, it was a real yes. quick moment. If you weren't paying attention, you definitely would have missed it. And it was just like some beer. It was like, it was a quick shot before you like, you know, it was like a B-roll shot of whatever yeah. house they were at before they, you saw them in the house. It sounds like something that they probably just had in the archives and they were like, we have a second to fill. Here's a dog. Yeah. And threw it in. I do get most annoyed when the animals are like, like something bad is happening to the animals. Like the women can all be yelling at each other. Things are happening. And, but when, a, when an animal is at is in harm's way, I'm like... I also wonder, too, if, like, the editors kind of throw that kind of stuff in there as well, kind of being like, mm, not my favorite, just so you know, this is what goes on at Dorit's house. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, where it's just, like, if they're opening up to Dorit, like, I'm like, Dorit's not really, like, a favorite to begin with, so I wonder if they were just like, and also, if you caught that, she doesn't pay attention to her dogs either. Because that's what got you. Establishing shot, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, I think Amory needs to go. Yep. She's a bad housewife. Even to the point where when she is like trying to be petty and mean, it's not even it doesn't even land. Why are we still talking about Crystal? I don't understand. I thought that they wrapped this up already in last week's episode. Like, yeah, I don't know. I, I have a theory. So she was at the People's Choice Awards with like the Beverly Hills group of women. So I think she's coming back for a second season as like a contractual thing. And I have a theory that there was stuff that was cut out. Who knows what that is? But like this season, she's a main housewife, but there's nothing that has happened. Well, her big storyline, obviously, is something that I don't think Bravo wants anything to do with when yeah. it comes to her husband, who, again, has been accused of really disgusting things. And a lot of her storyline has also been included in flashbacks. Right. So a lot of what we know of her has been like a flashback back to her talking, not it actually happening. Yeah, I just so. everything seems forced with her. Mm-hmm. It's just like the drama seems forced with her. I don't know. Sure, throws a good party though. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't really get the. Uh, were they expecting that people buy jewelry there? Millions of di- were millions of dollars worth. So like, here's of diamonds. a five hundred thousand dollar <laughs> item. They do know? this all the time on Beverly Hills. There's always like a there's a Birkin brunch the Birkin. last season. Like, and women buy it. They'll buy the million dollar whatever it is. It's, do they really, or they pretend buy it? Garcelle, her with the Birkin one, she bought it, and then she went on record after saying she never touched it for like months after because she wanted to like possibly return it, and then she was like, you know what, I'll do it. So it's for the camera to one extent. Is but... there a re- good resale market when it comes to Birkins? I, I think Birkins so. Birkins are an investment. Yeah. Yeah. Is they there... only appreciate 
in value. They're hard to get a hold of as mm-hmm. well. So, I mean, what's the average Burke can go for? Starting like 10 or 15K. And aren't they like a lot of them like hundreds of thousands yeah. of dollars? Oh, yeah. So like, I like, feel like that's on the lower. Yeah, end. that's like a starting a bag. Ba- mm-hmm. if, you purchase, like if you purchase directly from the store, the average is 9,000 to 30,000. But when you resell it, it like jumps a ton. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. yeah. Should I go out and buy Natalie a Birkin? Absolutely. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I think you should go <laughs> buy it's Natalie. Got you girl. If it, if it's, you're telling me it's going to jump in value? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's hard to get directly from the store, though, because you have to be like a longtime customer and you have to know like one of the people that are dealing it. You have to be a somebody. You yeah. have to like yeah. go to like, no, they have to call. like choose you and then they will call you <gasps> like when a they Willy get something Waka in ticket? stock. Yeah. The yeah. only way around it is that going to a store either in the UK or Paris. I just saw a TikTok on this. That's the only way that you can kind of bypass the getting on a list to get called to buy a, bar- a bag. So it's like getting a hair transplant in Turkey. You don't have to fly to a different country to <laughs> you want like, the circumvent real thing? the... Uh, okay. Yeah. Wow. You should get one for River too. <laughs> yes. Wow. Little Matching Birkins yeah. for Natalie and River. Do it. Yeah. Aww. More people need to listen to this show. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of people do. Also, thank you guys for listening and supporting the show. I watched a lot of TV this weekend, and uh, I had a couple glasses of wine. And thank God for my friends at First Leaf. We, we experienced some uh, uh, rain this weekend, and uh, I really didn't want to go to the grocery store. Thanks to my friends at First Leaf, I didn't have to when it came to my wine needs, because First Leaf is, uh, they make it fun consuming your favorite wines, because there's so many great wines out there. I, myself, am not intelligent when it comes to the selection of wines. I'm, I'm kind of a label guy. But not with First Leaf because they make wine drinking fun because they give you so much information on the wine that you're drinking and they can set you up with a bunch of different types of wines that you never thought to try. We love First Leaf over here at the household because they make it super easy to get personalized wine boxes delivered on your schedule. And I feel like half the time, if you're having friends over, if you're hosting a party, you want to be the person who feels really informed and knowledgeable about different wines, but it can be very overwhelming and intimidating. And so First Leaf makes it really easy. You can kind of put in what your tastes are like, what other foods and, you know, seasonings you like or dislike. And then they'll kind of help curate for you your first box, put it all together. And then you have the option to kind of say, like, actually, no, I don't want to do that. Or I actually want to swap this bottle out for something else. So you have the ability to get their suggestions, still have the final say of what they're sending you. And one of my favorite parts is you get to try out all these wines for a lower price than what you'd pay at the wine store. So not only are you expanding your tastes and your palates and like becoming more informed, you're saving money. Plus, if you get a bottle or a shipment that you're not loving, you don't have to worry because First Leaf has a 100% satisfaction guarantee. So they will take care of you. Try something new this year with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash V-I-A-L-L to sign up and you'll get your first six hand curated bottles for just $44.95. That's tryfirstleaf.com slash V-I-A-L-L, T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F dot com slash V-I-A-L-L. Again, that's tryfirstleaf.com slash V-I-A-L-L. Uh, I think it's time. Is it yeah. is Love is Blind time? Love is Blind. Oh, right. I've been waiting. I'm excited, yes. I'm excited for this. Right. Uh, oh, yeah. Six episodes. Well, six lots episodes. To lots to talk about. I just want to say once again why I'm reminded of why I enjoy Love is Blind so much compared, you know, quite frankly, to The Bachelor. Because to me, Love is Blind is having real conversations. They're having real like relationship conversations that are happening in 2024. And we're getting into the weeds of how people fight and what they care about early in dating. And The Bachelor, 
Bachelors of Fantasy. For whatever reason, the Bachelors decided to stay with their their script. You know, yeah, yeah. 25, 30 wimp contestants come in. Everyone has their sad story on their date. And then while some sad stories are very sad, some are seem, feel forced. And even then, you have the Bachelor, Joey, and these women. Like, you have no idea how these people get along. Mm-hmm. You have no idea, like, how they might fight. You, it's obvious that Joey isn't really getting to know any of these women because it's just the show is, and that's what the show is. You know, the, it's the bachelor's job to allow these women to share their story about who they are, but it has nothing really to do with their dynamic yeah. and their chemistry. And Love is Blind is all about that. And it just makes it for more interesting conversations because you can really dissect, you know, how these people will get along or not get along. And that's what makes it so good. And I wish The Bachelor would evolve that way. I wish The Bachelor would get away from the trope of the sad story and maybe try to bring in some real life conversations. When was the last time we had a bachelor or bachelorette, like get into it with someone they were interested in by their behavior that they were able to work through? You know, it's never really about them too. It's always about them telling a story and then the bachelor being, oh, well, it's really, you know, I'm just here to say nice things and give you the space to share your story. But like, we have no idea Joey's real connection with any of these women. I wish we'd see like more um, kind of behind the scenes moments. I know that they don't travel together, but like that's such like a, a big thing when you're in a relationship traveling with your significant other. And yeah. I'm like seeing how these women, if a bag gets lost or, you know, they're tired, whatever, yeah. where I'm like seeing a moment between two people actually that it's just like a real life situation. That would be so much more interesting for me to watch than um a fantasy date that's like oh we flew to the top of the mountain and i'm like it's not going to be like this after you know that's a good point because all we see is trip after trip after trip but it's like what about the simple things how, how is the getting yeah. there that was a 16 hour flight y'all just went on like i want to see him interacting with these women after getting off a 16 hour flight yeah. is she still as charming as you thought she was that's that's a date idea for the bachelor because usually the lead flies separately yeah you know all the women will fly on a, a commercial flight and they all get the middle seats because they're booking last minute flights and then the lead will be on a different flight first class yep mm. group date on a plane yeah or, or one-on-one <laughs> Clayton on a plane. was on our plane really yeah and i had to walk past him and he then, then they, you were probably told not to look at him yes of course yeah yeah but imagine having a one-on-one on the plane hard maybe hard to execute I don't not know. a helicopter a plane get but, some GoPros or something but or? if y'all are taking these like 16 they went to what south africa from los angeles was malta malta's in africa correct Malta is uh, the south of Italy. Okay, so I was I'm completely off on that. My bad. Um, but even then, still like a 12 hour flight. Like they have those the the planes with the with the bars and the moving around and stuff. Like yeah. I'm like I want to like see, a little pod or something yeah, on the plane. Fly yeah. fly them someplace to where they have to they can interact on like in a bar situation. We're having a group date or put four with the the bachelor and fly the other ones on a different one and we can do that in different transitory yeah. situations but yeah and i want to see joey observe and ick mm-hmm. yeah and then have to bring it up and and have that be a discussion point about something they might actually have to deal with in the relationship once he chooses someone exactly um and i don't know why they're so resistant to that but anyways let's love is blind uh <laughs> who are genevieve who, who are some of your favorites or least favorites um okay i love ad um She's my favorite. I also she's 80's great. Eight. I mm-hmm. love, love her. her energy. She's my favorite. She's from Boston too. Um, but I just I loved her energy. 
least favorite. So I was in like crying, then I was mad and all these emotions over Matthew. At first I was like, this is weird. It seemed like he was interviewing. He was like interviewing the ladies. And then if they asked him a question, he was like, oh, I wasn't expecting that. But that's what dating is. What a, what a bar response. <laughs> like it was just strange. But then I liked that he was opening up to only AD. It seemed like he just needed the right person to open up with. And I liked that. But then come to find out he's saying the same things to, I think, Amber. Amber. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Saying the same exact things to Amber. And so then I didn't like him again. And I feel like I can't help but wonder because the obvious Matthew doesn't seem dumb. No. Right. He doesn't. He's like, like a he's like finance guy. Yeah. Right? yeah. So he, he seems, seems like he has a level of intelligence and like self. I don't know about self-awareness, but like they all know that. I mean, and Matthew, uh, out of anyone, brought up the fact that this is a television show and yeah. this is being recorded. So like. I can't help but wonder if like the devil's in the details when it comes to him saying exactly the same thing, because I'm, you know, like everyone has their stick in their lines. And I, I could see someone not realizing they're saying what feels like exactly the same thing. If you get two of the women comparing notes and he feels like he's being genuine with both of them. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's the, the show, just like on The Bachelor, they're, they're saying this is a space, and I'm assuming that these are the conversations, like the the prep that these contestants get before they go on the pods. And I'm guessing it goes something like, hey, listen, now is your time to explore these relationships. You're going to meet multiple people. Early on, you might make multiple connections. That's okay. Mm-hmm. That's what it's all about. Eventually, you have to pick. But I feel like some people are open about it, like Jeremy and Laura and um, Sarah Ann. Like They all kind of knew they were talking to different people. But then... With Matthew, like I feel he was saying, I would leave here with you today to AD. And it's like, well, if he was. If, yeah, that's very specific. If, yeah. Right. And then he's also told, I think, Amber that he would leave there. He wanted to come find her, draw a map for her to find him or something. It was the promise. Right. Yeah. So it's like you're saying these you're word saying you want to leave with two different girls. <laughs> it was <laughs> also today, the dad today thing, at the same time. One in each arm. could be off filming wise. But so, it was also the dad thing. Like, didn't he say the same thing about the same both thing? Of their... He asked the father, yeah. like, asked if their father, if he could call and he wouldn't be well, able that, to propose. That's actually the reason why I was making that point because it's pretty common for a guy, yeah, to say, "Hey, I would like to ask your father, maybe not for permission, it's 2024, but for ble- their blessing, their support." You know, that's mm-hmm. not that uncommon to say, "Hey." You know, if Matthew's making connections with two different women to say to both those women, hey, just like upfront expectations. It was more of like, I would leave with you right now. And like, what if someone said yes, then the other. That's what I was thinking. Like, what if AD had said yes, then the other girl, oh, well. She's just like waiting on him to take her away. And he. Well, what what I think is actually interesting. It's kind of like with Clayton on on his season. You know, what did Clayton get really big in, in trouble for? Clayton got in trouble on The Bachelor for, despite being The Bachelor, treating it as if it was only his love journey, you know? So it's like, I'm The Bachelor. I get to go to the fantasy suites with three, three, three different women. I get to have these feelings for multiple women. And so regardless of each of these individual women going, you know, falling in love, I'm going to do me. And that he, he stepped in it because it, 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 it ended up coming across as incredibly selfish and inconsiderate to the other women. Right. So like Matthew and like Jimmy... You know, they're all like, hey, man, like we're we're making multiple connections. And then you have Jess's of the world being like, hey, I'm I'm only making a connection with you. And Jimmy is using the excuse of, well, we're here to make multiple connections. 
It's like, fine, yeah, but this person's being upfront with you mm -hmm. about you, you being the only one and you are not considering her feelings. You're saying your love story is more important than hers and you are still going down. You, you are up until the day of the decision, you are going back and forth. So yeah, it, it's even though the show says you can do this, you don't always get to do it. I, I really like Jess and I, I feel like I like when it's just one, like someone's focused on just one person the whole time. And I feel like she was that way with Jimmy, but then at least Jimmy was open about like him talking to multiple people, but I feel like he shouldn't have taken that long to string them both along. But when you do that, it triggers someone's ego. Hey, um, just so you know, you're competing with someone else. And that's how, that's how, that's how people hear it. For me, it's justice for Trevor. Cause I was like, that was one man who was like, I am all in on you. He was and so sweet too. And so sweet. That exact I like dynamic yeah. was, well, but there's somebody else who has somebody else who might be choosing me as well. But I think that goes to the ego of it all. Mm -hmm. When you become an option, you become competitive. And then it becomes about winning, not about finding love. Right. Like I am convinced uh, that Chelsea picked Jimmy over Trevor. Think about it. Chelsea, who knows what Jess looks like. Mm-hmm. Right? Chelsea knows she's competing against Jess. Mm-hmm. And even though one might think, you know, listen, everyone's beautiful. Everyone's someone's type. But like we all know that Jess, by all traditional beauty standards, Jess is, might be the most attractive person to grace the Love is Blind show. Like Love is Blind, like Bachelor, you know, often cast, again, traditionally, uh, conventionally, att attractive. conventionally attractive people by most conventional beauty standards. Yeah. Um, and Love is Blind, to their credit, has more of a variety of different types of people. Mm -hmm. And it's love is blind. So that, that's part of the show. And they really haven't cast someone as conventionally as attractive as Jess, maybe ever, which is a really interesting dynamic. So then you would think that Chelsea, you know, one might think that Chelsea is just like, oh, I don't know, man, I'm going against this bombshell. Like, I'm going to bow out. But no, once she realizes she's competing against Jess and has a chance to beat someone like Jess, I think Chelsea is all about beating Jess and not about actually finding love. And I don't, and I don't think, in, again, I don't think Chelsea in real time even realizes what she's doing. But subconsciously, I think her ego is like, I have a chance to beat this chick. I don't think so. Because when, after Jimmy told Chelsea that he loved her, she went into the room of the woman and didn't tell Jess. Like, she decided to just, like, walk away. Well, she told Laura. And then she told Laura, and then yeah. Laura was the one. So Laura kind of created that competition. If Laura wasn't there, it wouldn't have been... Well, what did she can't that one scene where Jess is standing by the side at the end of the episode and all the women are around Chelsea. And I think it's because when after Trevor was like, I'm in love with you and she felt sad because she was having stronger feelings for Jimmy. That was quite the performance by Chelsea. Mm -hmm. I just don't think it's like in opposition to Jess. I think she's a little she might be pulling out the tears, but it's not like because I want to be better than Jess. I don't know. I think maybe part of the reason that she told him that she looks like Megan Fox was because she knew that she was up against somebody who actually looks like Megan, Megan Fox. Fox. It's th throwing a card out there, just knowing that it's like, well, you could take it or leave it, but just so you know. Yeah, and you know, I'm sure Chelsea is a wonderful person. She's, you know, beautiful and blah, 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 blah. But like, you know, listen, my whole life, mm -hmm. people have compared me to Ryan Reynolds, even on my season of The Bachelor. I was referred to as Walmart Ryan Reynolds, which, by the way, I took as a compliment. That's lovely. That is a compliment. 
Uh, spoiler alert, I met Ryan Reynolds uh, at the PCAs last year. Looked nothing like him. Um, <laughs> I was, I, yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't see it. Genevieve's like, I don't no. see it. Yeah, no, I, I don't. Walmart. Also, recently, uh, the internet has tried to compare me to, uh, what's his name? Um, on uh, uh, White Lotus. Theo James. Yeah, I don't see that either. No. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm reluctantly even saying this on the show now because I'm guessing I'm going to get flamed in the comments. <laughs> but when you go on a show that's called Love is Blind that specifically says you're not supposed to even get into the looks department mm-hmm. and you try to pretend that, A, you don't even know who Megan Fox is. I'm GK's husband. Like, oh, or maybe, husband. like, I don't a girlfriend yeah. are they are they married yeah <laughs> and and then you suggest that you might in any way look like this person you you deserve to get some heat you you deserve to get flamed in mm. the comments you know what you were doing you know what you were doing maybe i'm a devil's advocate but i can kind of see it you know it's funny i kind of say that too sometimes my boyfriend was like absolutely not but i was like mm, it's like it's early. in the eyes. It's like and like the the teeth with the see? mouth. Yes, but no. as I said, I, no, <laughs> absolutely not. A lot of C students have been compared to A students for like you know yeah. getting a math problem right. You know, so yeah, then maybe it's in the eyes. We've all been compared to a celebrity. Mm-hmm. You know, in our groups of friends, that doesn't mean we actually look like that celebrity. <laughs> and I feel or, like the whole point is you're just not supposed to talk about looks, and then to say one of the hottest it, people yeah. like but ever. Also, you know that you don't look like a celebrity when it is the like, but we have the same nose. Yeah. It's like, mm, okay. Or it could be just a really good friend gassing you up. You know? Yeah, like, my friends best tell day. me I look like people who I don't look like to yeah, make me feel better about myself yeah. all the time. Yeah. <laughs> she's, really, she's really pretty too. That's the thing. She introduced this idea that didn't need to be there necessarily. Yeah. But it made for an excellent, yeah. excellent television. Because you know that Jimmy the whole time, once he heard Megan Fox, was yeah. locked the fuck in. It made his decision. It 100%. made his decision right then and there, and it's the downfall like, oh, of their relationship. Yeah, I got, I, and I'm picking you. And, <laughs> and I think also Jessica having Autumn, her daughter, I think that really threw him off. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and the Megan Fox because, because when he found out about Autumn, and then he found out about Chelsea's divorce, he's like, oh, man. Oh, what I've I worse today. compared to what yeah. I heard earlier today. It's <laughs> yep. like holy shit, man! Like let's be a little bit more honest or less honest. I don't... He said, yeah. "What a day! What a what a day!" <laughs> you could see the life just go out of his face like, when she's like, "I actually have some news," and he's like, "Oh my god, here we go again!" Yeah, yeah. he's what? waiting for another <laughs> child. Wait, was it Chelsea who poured herself that stiff drink? Yeah, she goes just a little drink, and then it was. <laughs> that's <bottle>. information. <laughs> like that's like talk about a beige flag, you know. Yeah, a little bit. We talk, well, because like, you In know, listen, way? we've all poured ourselves a, a stiff drink before. So the beige flag is the fact that to well, her, is this, it's a is shot. This like, it's... Is this stiff drink that you poured yourself? Is this like, is this who you are? Or <laughs> or are we just, you know, because like that's information I want to know. How stiff is the drink you are pouring yourself? Because is, I'm. You you're know. hearing the, you're hearing it just like. <laughs> or, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're like, <laughs> <laughs> like holy shit. Like, just t- just what's going on over there? It's a bucket. It's a bucket. Actually. Yeah, because that, that is information I'd want to know. Do like, we think he heard the pour from the other <laughs> side? Or was that like cut out? I don't know. Yeah. Also, I want to know if they are sharing. You know when they're painting pictures, mm-hmm. they should yeah. be they they should have like a little slot in the pods that allows them to like share gifts for one another. That also create more slide drama. it under the wall. You know, yeah. imagine imagine if Jimmy, let's say Jimmy like was surprisingly good at art, and then let's say in one scene he paints this just beautiful picture of this landscape and gives it to Chelsea, and then a day later he draws a couple stick figures for Jess. You know, and imagine they go in 
to the the common room and Chelsea is just like over the moon about this painting that Jimmy painted her. And meanwhile, Jess is like, what the fuck is this bullshit? <laughs> I just think it would create a lot of drama. It definitely would create yeah. more drama. I, I want to see them be able to give gifts and things like that. Also, like I kind of miss it. This this bracelet thing that they were referring to that, that was Trevor. What is that? And I miss a lot that. of people have this. Chelsea gave Trevor a bracelet they both wear, and when one of them taps it, the other can feel it. Oh right, like lights um, up. And that was yeah. specific to Chelsea. Yeah, that's yes. not like a show thing. Mm-mm. No, they were allowed to bring a gift. I think for another person, or they're supposed to bring something that meant something to them that they could give to uh, the other person yeah. if they found their person. Did yes. Chelsea bring that? Yes. Bracelet. So I wonder why she decided to give it to Trevor and not Jimmy. Lots of tea. I know. I feel like they had that going back to maybe it was like more of a competition. I don't know. But I feel like the connection with Trevor and um, Chelsea was very genuine. Yeah. yeah. I just thought there was even something why missing he said he was like, had I proposed to you first, do you think you would have said yes to me? And then she was silent. And that's when Trevor was like, not a good sign for him. Like, how right. do you not know? Why is it so dependent on the order? Right. Mm-hmm. Chills. I don't know if it is. I think it. De- I, 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 I stand by. I think she just wanted to beat Megan Fox. Uh, also, Trevor and Chelsea, they seem like a physical match, which also, by the way, I don't think love is blind. Trevor and Chelsea so. or Jimmy and Chelsea? No, Trevor and Chelsea. Chelsea. It's both of them. Chelsea. I think. Well, I yeah, think. Yeah. No, you're right. I, you think I, think, I actually, Chelsea... I think they're both kind of in each other's wheelhouse. Trevor and Chelsea were the ones that had natural chemistry. What Genevieve yes. was saying. Yeah. yeah. Yes. For the record, I don't think love is blind. You know. No I way. I, no. I, I think <laughs> you're allowed to be. I, I think you're allowed to be physically attracted to your partner, and I and I think you're allowed to like not be physically attracted to someone and like their personality. I'm going to ask you something then. What did you think of when Clay? said to ad he wants to know what she looks like physically mm. and he likes a big butt and lips and um a he small liked, girl is what he said a petite girl, petite girl yeah. yeah i think he was honest i think he was uh i think he gave himself away as an obvious fuck boy mm-hmm. but that's know? just not what so. you're supposed yeah. to do on this show that's yeah, the, it's whole, just like that's not, the whole point is to not do that yeah and then he yeah. asked said he needs to know right like you came on the show because you were trying to get over that about yourself. And then you come on the show and you literally say, <laughs> it's a deal breaker to me if you don't look a certain way. And then she was like, do you? Uh, and again, love AD. I think she a love yeah. her personality. She's a beautiful woman. Uh, do you think that Clay was disappointed with AD's physical appearance? No, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, he introduced the idea of like going to the gym. So that was suspicious. But I on think he was disappointed. You do? I do. Overall, I, just, I think he, you know, I think he was able after the fact to point out qualities about her that he appreciated. He uh, but like excited. you think about it, Clay is clearly a man who cares about physical appearance. And I'm not faulting him for that, but it is he he made that obvious he did. that he cares he did. about that. Yeah. Imagine the pressure all these people are facing when they get engaged or married and then have to meet someone. And it's one thing to be like in a bubble and be like, all right, fuck it. And then be like, holy shit, I'm actually doing this. Clay's reaction to AD was chill. He was calm. If that man saw a person that he was like over the moon about, you, he wouldn't have shut the fuck up about it. He would be like, oh my fucking God, she's so fucking gorgeous. He would have been screaming it, but he was like subdued in his reaction. Mm-hmm. He was trying to gather himself. He, I... was, he was trying not to like, he was like, okay, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, all right, mm-hmm. Yeah. It would have been so obvious how excited he was. And the fact that it was like very chill. In the hot tub, though, on their honeymoon, he was definitely I mean, AD is a, seems like a very confident, uh, sex positive woman mm-hmm. who has good sexual chemistry. And 
I again, I think he was able to appreciate things about AD, but I'm saying first reactions mm. to AD, I think Clay was more like, oh, and then had and, and was maybe able to work himself back up. The energy he had talking to AD, like in the pods when they couldn't see each other. Remember when he was screaming like AD all day, he was like going on. And yeah. and I feel like he didn't have that when they met now exactly. that you're saying yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. And like Clay, fuck boy, competitive, you know, immediately he realizes he's not like, here's a guy who, you know, is used to getting attention. Mm-hmm. You know, another very conventionally handsome man, Clay. Yeah. And then he's going... And then he realized he's up against Michael. Matthew. You saw, Matthew, Matthew, you saw his reaction. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. No, that. no, but like of all, he, he's like, I've never imagine? lost a guy like this in my life. He cried. He, he cried. <laughs> he cried. He cried. Literally, I think he was more upset about who his competition was than that he had competition. Yeah. I think so too. And then immediately, his interest in AD skyrocketed. Yep. And then he apologized for saying the things about like yeah. the physical appearance. And mm-hmm. it became about not losing to Matthew, more about falling in love with AD. I think they all like a competition. Yeah. yeah, truly. I think Kenneth, he's so sweet. I love that Kenneth stuck with Brittany and he was just like them too. Yeah. Well, from the beginning. He's a principal and she's a teacher, right? 25 year old principal. Yeah. That's impressive. Mm-hmm. People are still in school at 25. Yeah. Um, like, how do you become a 25 year old principal? Yeah. That's pretty cool. Right time and place. I don't know. He's, I, their connection was so adorable to me. I think that was the most wholesome part yeah. of the show for I me. He, at the beach, he brought like a chair over for her. She yeah. was like, he brought me my flip flops. Oh, talk about bare minimum yeah. shit. Yeah. Like, the, the rest of the other women the were like, oh my so well. God. was absolutely, wait, what's is funny because I'm watching this and you can tell that right now, Kenneth and Brittany, like, I, I think right now the connections, like and again, I think first reactions to each other's looks. They're they are both into it. They're like, okay, yeah, I can work with this. And I think all the other guys are acclimating. Mm-hmm. To I think who Amy they and Johnny up. like each other a lot. Yeah, this is a classic guy move. Yes, I you know, agree. Men, it's like I'm sure you women experience this. Like men usually don't have the guts to end a relationship. What men generally try to do is get women to break up with them. So they'll just start, they'll stop being the boyfriend that they know their girlfriends want them to be in hopes that they will say, I deserve better than you. And be like, oh yeah, you're probably right. Uh, and so the fact that you see all these men not you know, doing something as basic as basic chivalry, you know, I think is a sign that these men are, are not sold and are, are deliberately not being the best type of boyfriends they can be. Jimmy. Jimmy on the beach. Jimmy that on the girl beach. is stacked. Mm-mm. If my significant other was pointing out physical attributes of another woman the first time meeting everyone, like, and then she tries so hard to be the cool girl and be like, oh yeah, no AD. And it's like, honey, this is humiliating on a different level because the, the level of disrespect that he's just shown you and then you're trying yeah. to like play along to make to advocate for him well then he left her to go talk to ad gave her a high five twirled because her around of her reaction the way that she played along like i would have thought oh yeah she thinks this is funny like she should have just been like no you can't say that don't ever what when are you Jimmy's doing trying to con- he's with uh chelsea in the in in their hotel room looks don't matter yeah, it looks like... If you have to keep saying it... <laughs> yeah, he says it how many times? Yeah, it looks how many matter. times are you going to say it, bro? I'm like, fuck, man. Like, shit. Like, <laughs> Do I need to be concerned? Yeah. I'm like, the reiteration from the moment that they got together, he was just like, yeah, and just so you know, like, they're standing there when he's about to propose being like, you know, looks don't matter. It's I can not, work with not that. Everything. I, I can work with that. I lost it. She also kept saying, like, do you like me? Do you like yeah. me? Like, am I attractive? So it was like they both were like just feeding that. Insecurity. Well, it, it all yeah. goes back to the fact that she told him that she looked like 
Megan Fox. And then she comes out for her reveal. She doesn't look like Megan Fox. And he's like, gonna look a certain he's gonna look at her a certain type of way because he's expecting something different all he's gonna see is not megan fox exactly and so (laughs) then she set herself up for failure and she's gonna always feel like well do you like me do you like me do how many she's asking him all the time do you like me do you love me do you it's what was what's your favorite thing or was the first thing you noticed about me (sighs) your teeth you have great teeth teeth. (laughs) your teeth i died I and absolutely then her boobs. lost it. I'm He's like, like, no, no, and I, some people might see that as a criticism, but I mean that as a compliment. Like, like they're like square they're, they're and like big. Square, yeah, square <laughs> and big. Huh? <laughs> what? The f- what? The like level of vague he could have been was just like, gosh, how pretty you were, and it's over, and it's or your eyes, anything eyes. like the simplest. Eyes are the teeth. easiest one. Eyes. Yeah, you she might as well have to compliment her knees at that point. No. <laughs> <laughs> and then he doubles down with big boobs, and it was just like, yeah, oh, yeah. honey, leave. Jimmy's not my favorite, I gotta Same. say. No. Not my I favorite. I mean, he was set up for failure. <laughs> no, he wasn't set up with... No, I think that he could have treated Jessica a lot. Oh, I... Uh, he knew that he... Once Jessica told him about Autumn, I think he, he knew. He was and selfish. And he dragged her along. He was... Yeah, yes. You're yes. right about that. He was very selfish. He only cared about his love story and yes. not Jessica's. And Jessica was very transparent about taking the pods, this, this ex- experiment seriously. Mm-hmm. And that she was fully committed to Jimmy. And he did. He selfishly uh, led her on and didn't allow her to explore other relationships, even though she didn't want to. And that was a dick. You're abs- absolutely right about that. Hot take, though. I think, uh, I think Jess owes Jimmy an apology. For the ending? For what she said? The yuppie pen? Well, no, I mean, that was... Because that, that was... I, I was applauding her. I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, I, mean, I loved that. I have to take no, here's, here's what, First of all, to be, to be clear, that was one of the greatest moments of reality television, yeah. certainly in the Love is Blind franchise. Like, she eviscerated him. When she, you see what I like, what you missed choke. on, you're going to choke. You're going to choke. You're going to need to bring out the... By the way, does, he will. Do we even know if he uses an EpiPen? I, I assume... <laughs> I feel like I feel like that's something that was mentioned in the pods. They just didn't share. And then she was like a callback. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm allergic to bees. Uh, <laughs> and I just forgot, <laughs> forgot to mention that. Um, but that no, it was incredible. And that's why I think Jess owes Jimmy an apology mm-hmm. or at least a thank you or one of the two. And I say this because, again, love isn't fucking blind. And had Jimmy picked Jess, Jess would have been the one. Would have, who would have been severely disappointed because it was clear that not only Jess, the other women thought Jimmy was a hottie. Yeah. They were like, oh, it's not what I expected with his voice. I don't know why they thought he was a hottie. I think they thought he was like a good looking jock who traveled the country to visit all these stadiums, but they thought he was a hottie. And had Jimmy picked Jess, Jess would have, A, she would have lost out on that moment that will now live um, in reality TV history as an incredible moment so she wouldn't have had that gift and he jimmy saved jess from being the superficial shallow person that she would most certainly would have had to become because there is no way you don't know that you don't but you don't know that because love is blind to some people uh, to some people not, not to people like jess you don't know jess personally do you i am making an assumption Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> and I am saying when you when you are gifted certain qualities, is love blind to you, Genevieve? I think honestly, I need to be like I don't they don't need to be the most attractive person, but I need to have a physical like I need to be attracted to them. Does that make sense? Yes. They, yeah. And like I, I need to be think, attracted to them. I don't think them. Jess would have been attracted in any way. And maybe, maybe Jimmy. not. 
maybe not. But maybe if she loved his personality, that could, that totally. I don't know if any personality is that good. <gasps> Nicholas. I don't know. I think I. Because everyone has a I'm bad personality day. But Jimmy every, doesn't have a good personality. I'm sorry. He doesn't. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> no, well, let's, I, yeah. assuming, let's assume that it was first rate personality. Like, we, like what we think of Trevor. We think Trevor is this golden retriever, sweet, sweet boy. And I'm here to tell you that if you put a camera on Trevor long enough, he's going to demonstrate an ick. He's going to have a bad day. He's going to say something off-putting. He's a human being. Mm -hmm. And when that day comes and that person has to look at them, they're going to be like, yeah, your personality is not that good. You know, like maybe after like 15 years of marriage and building an emotional connection and you share some amazing moments when the love, when they always say like, oh, looks fade. Sure. But that's why the looks get you to the point where you're able to like build a, a life with each other and a history and a rapport. But to be fair, if you're dating someone that's beautiful, that has an ugly personality. It's also not going to last very long. It's never you can, you can sit there and be yeah. like, it's a trophy. Oh, I can bring her wherever. But if she treats you horribly, eventually push will come to shove where I'm like the longevity of having somebody that makes you laugh, that that understands you, that gets you on a personal level that like if they got in a car accident and got maimed or something and like need, like, you know, there would be a foundation there that was worth building off of versus it being like. Oh, she's pretty, but once those fade, maybe I'll replace her because her personality sucks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, I think the deeper connection, the whole point of the show is showing that you can fall in love with somebody for their personality. And we're essentially just watching like 2000 AOL chat rooms in person. You know, a lot of marriages yeah, in two, two, yeah. 2000s yeah, were chat rooms. And I'm like, so you're just watching people and then they go off on their own private thing. And I'm like, nobody's too out of bounds. You know what I mean? It's not like Beauty and the Geek or something where you've got like a 10 and a two. I mean, everybody's kind of in the realms outside of Jessica, maybe. I thought Sunny was really cute too, but. I think uh, Sarah Ann's beautiful. There are, there, there Sarah were, Ann is beautiful. I think this season casted um, some, again, conventionally yeah, looks department, beautiful women. But on the And the men were kind of mid. But on the inverse, I do. I agree. I that. feel like it gave people like Jimmy this like overexerted ego. That's like, oh, there's two women fighting over me. That probably wouldn't be happening on in real oh, yeah. life. Jimmy, this is the first time he's ever been the guy. You know, yeah. so it's like he's over here, like, gosh, what are my options? And it's like, just be nice, just be nice. And then for him to to react that way, I'm like, he should be left on the beach. Let's go around the room. Best personality of all the contestants. Men and women? Men and women. Best personality. You get to pick one. I AD. Yeah, AD. AD. AD for me. Mm -hmm. She's like yeah. funny and charming and smart. She is. She's so smart. I, I just like the way that she calls it. She calls yeah, her, it like her reaction to what people say. Is. She's very yeah. quick to like when people like are saying shit that is either like a platitude or like it. She she tracks it really well. Yeah. Uh, before we move on to Bachelor, I do want to talk about one moment that just irked me. And that was the moment where Laura went up to Jess mm. and told her she needed to leave. Yeah. Woof. And she's just like, just trust me. Fuck you. Why not just tell her the reason? Yeah. That's you're not, what I you're not being a fucking friend. Like, we're not in fucking middle school. Jess is an adult woman who point blank said to Laura, no, just tell me. Just tell me. First of all, Laura, you don't get to decide whether what Jess can handle or not handle. And you don't get to decide what moves Jess wants to make when she receives all the information, which she doesn't have and you allegedly have. And I don't care how long she's known you in this pods, by the way, the pods are 10 days. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, like the whole pod process is only 10 days. 
so they've known each other for less than 10 days. And Laura is expecting Jess, who said goodbye to her daughter for a, per- up to, uh, for a period of time, who, who has this incredible opportunity to go on this TV show. And, and she is expecting to trust Laura and, and remove herself from a show because Laura's told her to. Like, that's not being a friend. That is being manipulative. That, said, that showed so much about Laura as a, as a human being and as a potential partner that she cares about being in control. Uh, she cares about having power over relationship and like, that's not being a fucking friend. No, I, f- I feel like she should have asked first. Like I've heard some information that you may not know about yeah. that could be like hurtful. Do you want to know yeah. or do you want to find out on your own yeah. and then go from there and then tell her what you heard just straight up. He said he loves her. Not, I just trust me because you can't trust someone. Like you said, it's less than 10 days can't just trust someone to leave the whole process. Also, is she just going to like give up everything that she's built now just so just because she's Laura said you should leave? It's like, and trust I need her? the facts. I need right. the information before I make a calculated decision totally. about whether or not I leave this behind. Yeah. Laura ended up with who? What's his name? Uh, Jeremy. Jeremy. Jeremy, yeah. What do we think of Jeremy? He spells his name really. She called Jeremy <laughs> a grassy boy. <laughs> like he looks like grouse, grassy mountain like or something. What does that mean? I, I just I'm not taking it as a compliment. Yeah, <laughs> she's Probably not attracted not. <laughs> to him. That's another reveal that was like, you don't, you're not into it. It was that, and yeah. like him in the pool or whatever, mm-hmm. and like she was Boy, just she like, looked like she was embarrassed. Yeah, you know, or it's just like, oh, she's regretting this decision. And but again, he in the pods, he came across as a guy who who has a particular sense of humor, right? But yes. very direct. I feel like and knows what he wants. Yeah. So and sh- but again, it was another competition. competition. Another mm-hmm. competition. And Sarah is beautiful. Mm-hmm. That seems to be the trick on the show. You know, well, also, what about that moment um, at the beach where Laura had told Jeremy to go up to A.D. and do the bean, bean dip, dip? Yeah. And like to, to hit her boob or whatever. That was fucking wild. I, it's weird. And she was like, it Very was a weird. joke. I, he, but you also told him to go up to her oh, and say it, and do that. And absolutely loved how A.D. handled that. It was a joke to you. Yeah. And she kept saying, no, but it was a joke. Again, fine. Fair enough. And A.D., handled it so well she wasn't even chastising laura or anything she was just saying it was a joke to you but this person didn't receive it as such so stop just dismissing their feelings right and acknowledge that you know hey listen i'm i meant it's a joke i clearly you didn't take it that way i apologize if it came across the wrong way mm-hmm. it's like literally all you gotta say literally <laughs> not that hard it's not that hard <laughs> and uh, i loved how a like ad was is so tactful and how her approach and her, she has such great communication. Mm-hmm. But AD, for all of her wonderful qualities, at self-admittedly a bit of a, like she had no business picking Clay whatsoever. Like he, he demonstrated all the red flags in the pods. And she's a bit of a fuckboy magnet. And she kind of she kind of acknowledged she, on her own. She said that she likes to fix. She likes like a project she can yeah. fix and Smart make them better. And I feel like, yeah. yeah, that's it. Yeah. Couples that so far uh, I don't care about that I'm willing to have my opinion change, Johnny and Amy. No. I just like them in their suite because sure, it was just yeah. them from the beginning. That's the only reason. Which one is that? Yeah, no. I'm not really a fan. I'm just not. I'm like, it's very much like a, we're, we're morphing into the same person. I'm like, cool, great. And, and maybe it's because it's the no drama or whatever. I don't find him appealing yeah, whatsoever. Like, so far, they're, my, they're, the, they're the couple that actually gets married that we don't care about. Like, yeah. who, who was the couple a few seasons ago? Lovely couple. I think they're still married. I still think they're together. 
It was on the uh, the Micah Zach. and Marshall season, I believe. Tiffany and Brett. Yes. Uh. Yeah. Lovely oh. couple. High, they seemed like both high quality people. We couldn't give two fucks about them. <laughs> and so far, we that's, forgot who yeah. they were. Yeah. <laughs> it, took us, it took us a half hour. To, yeah. It took us a half hour to find them on Google. That's how much we don't care about them. And I, lovely people. But we're so glad you're happy. So, so glad they're happy. <laughs> yeah. But like that's, that's their trajectory Amy and Johnny are on. But, uh, well, another next batch comes out uh, this Wednesday, tomorrow. So uh, we'll be. I think be... we only get two episodes this time. Good because that takes a lot to fucking. Why are they releasing <laughs> no, I like it this it. way? <laughs> Why did they do that? I don't know. I don't know. But uh, we're, we're full on love is blood until uh, until uh, the finale, and then uh, we'll uh, you know we'll we'll have a couple of them on the show following the reunion. Uh, I really hope that Brittany and Kenneth make it, but I don't, I don't know. think they will. I know. I saw the they saw teaser. some cracks in the armor. I don't know. Oh no! All right, Bachelor. I think there's only really only one big topic to get into, and that is. Joey's 10-year plan for children. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, totally. It's like, again, 2024, totally. How old is Joey? It's a good question. How old is Joey? I thought he was 28. I might be slightly, he's, he's 28. He's slightly 28. exaggerating on the 10-year plan. <laughs> it's, it's more like a six-year plan. Yeah. But he yeah. did say he was like, yeah, six years because he was like, he I want to be engaged for two to three two years. Two to three year engagement. And then I want then a few years. Then I want to have another couple years before we start to have kids. And then I think you're he pregnant said a for few. nine months. So at least six. At least six years. You're yeah, it's, about, at least it's a six, six years. year plan, which totally normal in today's dating standards. But like, should they, A, is that something for, you know, you have all these women, you know, every before they even get a date, being like, let me tell you the m- most serious shit about me. Uh, and then Joey, you know, like, not even telling all of them, you know? It's only Lexi who specifically is like, hey, listen, I got a timeline. I already have potential complications when it comes to conceiving. You know, women, we know they have to deal with a biological clock and, you know, they get in the 30s and doctors are like, you're a geriatric, you know, yep. it's the crazy shit that women mm-hmm. have to consider when conceiving. And so she is upfront about this with Joey. And the only other person who knows about it is Maria because like Lexi and Maria are friends. And this is information that Joey seemingly hasn't shared with the rest of the group of women. I think that's something so important. And again, it's totally fine that that's what he wants. I feel like that's common. But I think that's something that should have been told like to the woman in the beginning, like mm-hmm. not just to the group, but like individually. That's, I think, something that should be mentioned. Yeah, because I mean, you know, two or three year engagement in Bachelor World is totally normal, mm-hmm. right? Um, because whoever Joey ends up with doesn't know them at all. Yep. So that makes sense. Joey has a very youthful timeline when it comes to kids. You know, it's mm-hmm. always like, I want to enjoy them. You know, it's just like, and I'm, hell, I, I just had my first child and I'm much older than Joey. Like I've, I'm not criticizing his timeline. I'm criticizing his communication about his timeline to a group of women, many of which have a very different timeline. Mm -hmm. And again, talking about like the comparison between Love is Blind and Bachelor, it's probably not even totally Joey's fault. Where where is he supposed to fit this in? That's a good point. You know? That is if anybody point. doesn't agree with my timeline, now is the time to leave yeah. and 10 girls get up. <laughs> like, right? Hi, you I'm know, Joey. This is my timeline. You know, and his biggest fear is be getting up there and the woman not wanting him back. So I'm also kind of like, are you shooting yourself in the foot by not sharing that? Because as you saw, somebody that you thought was going to be your top contender mm-hmm. left. What, what do we know yeah. about Joey as the person? Partner. He plays tennis. He plays tennis. We he's know got, more about him from charity season than this He's season. got 
He's got great hair. He's, he's got great hair. He's it's poor. It's great hair, but poorly styled. I still think it has an Oompa Loompa hairstyle. And he's so good looking that he pulls it off. <laughs> look at an Oompa Loompa and how they part their hair and look at Joey. No. It's the same hairstyle. You're kind of right, honestly. And again, he's so good looking, he pulls it off. But it's, it's, it's amazing hair is not properly styled. How, how serious do you think Joey was about his timeline though he did say with lexi that like it would have been something if they would have talked about it that probably could have been worked out i also again like i agree that his timeline isn't absurd by any means you're going on a show dating 20 women you can yeah. only give so much of yourself so have the first two years i don't think you know anybody in the first year of dating somebody let alone you're learning things and what you can accept in two years so i'm like two to three years to wait to get married great but i'm like yes if somebody has complications or or their wants that should be something that's discussed if our kids uh, uh absolute deal breaker right after marriage or is that something that we can work on together you know so yeah. he kind of shot himself in the foot by not sharing that and giving somebody mm -hmm who he wanted to stay essentially an ultimatum in her mind if that's what he is so worried about like someone saying they can't or leaving i think that it is even more of a reason for him to want to tell the woman that this is his timeline make sure that the woman also like that is their timeline or they're okay with compromising right it set them both up for failure because then they were both yes. sad in the end so it was like exactly oh, well. you know yeah uh but yeah what do we what else do we we, we don't really know anything about joey the partner like how it like in for all the love that we are giving Joey and Joey, you know, could argue has in some ways saved the Bachelor franchise. Seems like a good listener. Lesson learned. Like stop, like mm -hmm. just cast a bunch of simple hotties or mm -hmm. at least to present themselves as simple again. And then all this talk about Joey, like, oh, I'm afraid I'm afraid I'm not going to be accepted. I'm afraid I'm not going to be accepted. What are what are the things that you're afraid won't be accepted? Yeah, they should. We have no fucking clue. They should do like a challenge or something where they have like the girls typically like, oh, what are you afraid of? Or like, what are you looking for? I'm like, why don't we have one that's talking about fears or, you know, past relationships, whatever it is, because clearly you have stuff that you're holding on to. But he's getting such a golden boy edit that we're like, what do you mean you're complicated in relationships? What do you mean? Because he's the only one saying self-deprecating things about himself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Everybody rants and raves yeah, about could this easily man. easily come up with a couple date ideas that like puts the bachelor, or the Joey on the spot to yeah. really dive into some like situational types of questions. Right. And Genevieve had a good point. Like he's a good listener, but he's not really talking much. Yeah. Like he's just responding to what the women say. But also, yeah, he doesn't have the opportunity to speak. And no one's asking him questions. No. Every single woman like, this hey, season has been like, fucking story. I need to tell him about my trauma. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that is so true. It's like, I love this candlelit dinner. But um, by the way, my father at three. And it's just like, oh, well, here we go. Yeah. Why hasn't anybody asked him about his timeline yet? We're, we have six people left and none of them have asked. None of them want to know a thing about well, it. They just want, they're like, just shut up and pick me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just wipe my tear off my face and let me vent. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, no, it's I, I think that's that's something that I think the franchise just needs to evolve on, you know, and th but props to Joey for finally sending someone home mm -hmm. that wasn't on it. Oh, I was watching that episode and I'm like, if you fucking don't send Jess home right now, I know, Joey, then but you suck as a <laughs> like you can tell the way he responds to the women like who he has a connection with like the way he was responding to Jess explaining her feelings it just wasn't not Jess being like I don't understand why he, does he doesn't like you mm. I was I, I, may, I might have been alone here but I was a little I was shocked by it 
That you got sent home? Yeah, like I, I, I kind of went like, cause she, I feel like in the beginning, or at least that there was like this like strong connection. She was getting roses and like she was getting roses. But the, the, before the, the talk, she's like, "Well, I know we haven't had a date yet, but I'm falling in love with you." It never goes well no. when you say shit like <laughs> That's that. That's the kiss of death. She was the first kiss too, yeah, so she, I can see what you're I saying. I thought she was like a favorite in the same way that uh, he has relationships with like Maria and some of the other women. Granted, she got a one-on-one, but like a lot of the times he's like, I feel so good about us that I don't need to focus yeah. on it. And so that's kind of where I thought Jess was still kind of laying in. So when he was like, nope, it's time for you to go home, my job was like, oh. He was also fake sad about Lexi, Lexi going home. You think so? Yeah. I thought Lexi was a top contender. I too. But as Joey's pointed out when sending Jess home, it's really hard to break up with someone like that and just not give him a rose. And so then that's why Joey's just not doing that. Mm-hmm. And Lexi sent herself home and he's just all he's like, all I got to do is just say nice things, be nice. But he didn't fight for her. You have two or three people you like. And if one of those goes home and, and keep in mind, Joey, all we're hearing this past episode is like, I, I don't I'm afraid of people not accepting me. Was that a reaction of a man who felt like he got rejected? No, that was a reaction of a man. Who was like, oh, you, you broke up with me, so I didn't have to break up with you. Thank you. I'm just going to be nice. That was the classic guy breakup. I mean, to that point, he almost walks every woman. When they leave, he walks them down to the car. Mm-hmm. But Lexi just walked out by herself. Yeah. He's like, all right, so, go see yourself out. All right. Good luck yeah. on the whole uh, kid thing. I didn't really pick up on that. But now that you're saying it, maybe not. Maybe he didn't really. That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. I do this every week. <laughs> do you think she could be the next Bachelorette? Oh, for sure. Lexi could definitely be a Bachelorette. Yeah. I still think it's either going to be Kelsey or... Uh, Daisy. Daisy. Mm. Yeah. Oh. Which Kelsey? Kelsey A. The one from New Orleans. Okay. I love yeah. her. I think she's really sweet and genuine. Yeah, I think they and have a nice When group. she, like, it just seems, like, genuine when they're together. Like, the way she's very affectionate with him. Yeah. And I don't know. We're getting to that part of the season where he has enough of connections on these group dates where it starts getting really fucking weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can see that with you know, Kelsey reacting that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. I think about wraps it up. Uh, Genevieve, thanks for coming. Thanks for having me, Nick. Yeah. yeah. You'll have to come back again. Mm-hmm. It's fun. Sierra, as always. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure to have <laughs> you on the show. Uh, that about does it for us. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to send us those questions at asknick at thevalfiles.com. For all things texting office hours, ask Nick. You know the drill. And on Thursday, we are back uh, with Natalie Joy, my fiance, mother of my child. And we will be talking about uh, our birth story, if you care. It'll be super emotional and fun and meaningful. And I hope you guys do care and tune in and listen in. And then next week, going deeper. Reality TV royalty, Candy Burris joins us for her Bravo exit interview. Why she left, all the tea. It was a great conversation with Candy. I loved having it, and I can't wait for you guys to check it out. I don't know. I think that's it. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) 